Ladies and gentlemen, may I present for your intellectual and philosophical pleasure Run Fest on Raw Dog Product Comedy Hits Channel 99 Show, man. I'm not even sure what day we got. Is it a Thursday or a Friday? It's a Thursday. Thursday. Okay. I know we've taken the last two Fridays off, so I assume we're off tomorrow. No, no, we're not. We're not off tomorrow. Do we need to fake an illness or a? Um, how about a slip and fall with Chris Stanley? <laughs> I'm always down for the slip and fall. Now, the exact time that the show started today, Fez ran out that door. Was there a reason for that? I don't know. I thought he was he was in here. He was in here. I thought he was going to be like, yeah, let's do it. He was discussing the Houston airport, and then off he ran. Oh, is he back in that room? It looks like he just swapped out. All right, so the the thing is, he wants to work in that room, but he doesn't know how to start the show. We have Shelby do that. Shelby, come on in here. And so is the reason you start the show in there and then... Switch off with Fez? I, I guess so. I mean, I went in there, but then I thought I was starting it. I, I pressed everything, and then you he came in. You wanted to be in there. Yeah, I thought, it was, I thought he had it. I guess the ball took a bad hop, and he needed to step in. But it happened real quick. Yeah, yeah it was a very, very bizarre thing. Uh, it might be something that we want to meet about sometime. Yeah, that would be a good meeting. Uh, yesterday, the Dane Cook Unmasked. Fantastic, boys. Such a... Uh, a fun show. Dane showed up completely ready to bear his soul. It was actually surprising that, you know, like within a couple of minutes, I'm like, who is this guy? And then I realized, oh, I just know the Dane Cook persona, but Dane Cook, the person, showed up. And I talked to a lot of the audience after yesterday, and they said that in the beginning of the show, they were freaked out by it. They just didn't know. They're like, I thought he would come out there like, dang. And he just came out and was like, hey, man, here's how it is. Here's what's been going on with me. You know? Here's everything. It was really fucking great. He was terrific. And uh, it's incredibly, uh, incredibly interesting sometimes to be sitting in on them. So, giant week for the Ron Fez show. Russell Brand one day in an unmasked. Dane Cook the next. Next Monday, Dick Cavett. Make sure you're part of that. That's going to be fantastic. That's next Monday, this coming Monday, October 20th at 1 p.m. here at the SiriusXM Studios. Go to the Interrobang.com to get your tickets. I just noticed that I have a new Western hat. That's that, badass, dude. Thanks. I'm wearing it as a rain hat. And think, who else wears a hat like that? 
that we've met. I'm just going to give it away. It's Dick Cavett. All Dick right. Cavett always wears that Western hat. So remind me not to wear mine on Monday. I'll text you. I'll or text it looks you. like I'm just trying to be Dick Cavett. <laughs> now, I saw you. I saw Fez yesterday. I saw very little of Shelby. Um, Shelby, did you enjoy the Unmasked? Yeah, I thought it was amazing. And I would have thought you, being the alt-comedy boy that you are, would be almost even, you know, not into Dane. He's he's not my favorite comedian, but I've never understood the um, the huge amounts of hate that he gets. Like as soon as his name is brought up, they it's they not don't as bad as it used to be, right? I, I mean, I know yeah, that it's no. still there in some places because when we announced this, people emailed me and said, why would you do him as an unmasked? I'm like, he's the biggest fucking comic of the last 20 years. Play easy. The, play the guard. I mean, Jesus Christ. Multiple nights. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll just say this. I got this email sent to me because, Chris, we get emails sent here. We're the show of the future. And now, Ron and Fez, the show of the future, brings you... Electronic mail. Mail sent electronically. This says, uh, hi Ron, I was lucky enough to get a ticket for Caroline's yesterday. Uh, it was nice to hear Dane sit down uh, and with somebody that would actually let him speak at length about what was ever on his mind. Also, when the event was over, I walked upstairs, and when I hit the sidewalk, I was lucky enough to see Shelbo walking back to the studio carrying a glass-slash-crystal tabletop or something like that. It was either too heavy for him or too slippery, but either way, he was fucking miserable. Easily the saddest little boy in NYC. What? And that's from Puff. All right, let me see you carry that table around. Was that too much for you? I mean, it was just, it was, slip, yeah, let's it was sort of slippery. I, don't yeah. know, I didn't know my face. You Grab were showing it. the pain of it. Let's Puff, see Puff it. let us know. Yeah, Puff, uh, Puff gave it to us. And now this would have been a few blocks. <laughs> and what you do with the rest of it? The bottom half was carried over by Kelly. Intern Big Easy. <laughs> Let's, if we're going to give someone the name Big Easy, which you did, why bring back Kelly? Who's Kelly? Um, now, why don't we have some kind of cart or something like that so these guys don't have to carry that? Uh, there usually is. There's like a promotion team has like a car to bring yeah. stuff over, but because it was you know down the block. We didn't get the car? They didn't get the car. That's stupid. <laughs> Still got to carry it. <laughs> it's not that heavy. It's fine. The fact that he's struggling and looking like a fucking nincompoop out in the streets bothers me. Um, we had actually talked about this. Uh, we didn't have one single meeting leading up to this. Yeah, looking back on that, crazy. Well, I, I was actually going over this in my head. Uh, Michelle had a death in her family, so naturally she used the last four days to go to a water park and claim, you know what I mean? That, what? Yeah, she didn't go to that funeral. So, Jesus. she was enjoying water park time. I think she's back tomorrow? Yeah. She's not back here today, right? No. I gotta start faking deaths in my family. You know what I mean? Just take a little time for myself. But she probably would have been on... 
you know, hey guys, we are ready for everything. Yeah. Um, you guys are drunk again. <laughs> Nothing's getting done. And also, we didn't have Christine. We had done this from with the stand, and uh, the last time, and Christine did just did a mountainous amount of work for us. Yeah, just just, just like a goddamn house on fire. So we should probably tweet out something to Christine too, um, because we did notice her in her absence. Yeah. Jeez. Entertainment Tonight mentioned that Russell Brand was on Unmasked. Oh, of course. Uh, here's our buddy Arch, who I saw yesterday. You look like a million bucks, Arch. Uh, right back at you. Yeah. So uh, me and Scotty were walking back through Times Square looking for a place to get a bite. And you know how they hand out those, like, you know, cards, come see our show. Yeah. girl with a Comedy Central sign says... Oh, you want to see a comedy show? So, oh, we just left one. She goes, who, Dane Cook? I'm like, how the heck did she know? And then she goes, my least favorite comedian. And I said, you got to be kidding me. I just had the best time of my life. And by the way, I didn't ask for your opinion. Well, you know, those Comedy Central people, <laughs> they, they make up the name Comedy Central. Yeah, they just lie to tourists. <laughs> I heard one of them say, uh, drop Robin Williams' name when I was on the way up there. I go, he ain't showing up at any show tonight, honey. It's, it's all the showcase, not like, yeah. oh, Comedy Central half hour, no, premium <laughs> blend, just right. a showcase. Well, yesterday was fantastic. I'm g- glad I was there. <clears throat> and was I right about the Dane that showed up is not the guy that you're new- used to seeing on stage? Oh, no. I, I was expecting kids in the hall. Right. And Madness. Then it was just regular eye-to-eye. I mean, he just engaged with everybody yeah. in the room. It was fantastic. Yeah, he was pretty interesting. And then, you know, this is another reason why Dane is so popular with people. Stayed, whoever wanted their picture taken, he did a picture thing with them, um, which was unplanned. Yeah, that wasn't... You know I mean, it wasn't yeah. like a meet and greet. On the way out, uh, I meet this little kid... His dad is a fan of our show, but this kid doesn't know us from fucking Adam, right? He's in school. And his dad said, I'm going to go see this Dane Cook thing, and Dane Cook's his favorite comedian. So the kid's like 14, right? So I'm like, oh, that's great. And he's like, are you guys going to be walking by here on your way? And I go, yeah, this is where you know Dane's going to walk right by you. So when we're walking out, I say to Dane, this guy over here is your biggest fan. Dane hops on him, you know. Holy shit. And then afterwards, the kid's phone had blown up, so Dane takes the picture to send it to him later with his own oh. phone. Wow. I mean, he's a real... I know everyone says, well, this guy was such a sweetheart yesterday. That's amazing. That kid's going to remember that forever. I always look at the way people treat kids, too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now, here's a move that I made yesterday. So I, I get outside, and it was a really great show. Some obnoxious woman comes up. I thought he was going to do a stand-up. So I go, well, no, it's not stand-up. He, uh, you know, he sells that. <laughs> we can go see him in the Beacon. Yeah. This is, you know, the MS show. Watch I go, the stand-up, it's on Showtime. She goes, well, I don't have Showtime. I don't have any Showtime. So I have a fucking cigar. I light it. I've never done this in my life. 
and blow it right in her face. Whoa. <laughs> fucking amazing. Power move. Well, I already had a problem with a guy inside who said you better not fucking... Um, forget it. People are... There's some people who are so goddamn obnoxious, it's unbelievable. Uh, but cig this cigar can be a weapon for you, Chris. I want to point that out. It was great. Cena just waved the hand up. It's yeah. just, fuck, I just, I just I was so happy when that happened. I kind of want to ask, like, to their face, people that really don't like Dane Cook, like, why don't you like them? Why don't you like him? I think, that, like, a very small percentage would even be able to actually well, give you an actual answer. I, I, I'm going to, I'll answer this myself. I had heard the Dane Cook blowback years ago before I even knew who he was. I get a lot of people don't like him because at the time that he broke, the kind of people who liked him aren't the kind of people that you like. It's like when you meet people who don't who like John Mayer, and you're like, well, fuck John Mayer. You just say that <laughs> because those people are so obnoxious. Oh, definitely. They're the Zitos of the world, which, by the way, least mature, the, the state that men mature the least. Yeah. Number one was Rhode Island. <laughs> number two was Delaware. And again, I think small states, it's hard to mature. Um, but d d don't you think you've ever done that before? Like there's been a band and you don't like them because of their fans? Like Dave Matthews, I think, takes a lot of shit. I, but I'm there's great, great musicians in that band. I'm guilty of that. And I yeah. like Fish. And then people lump Fish and Dave Matthews' band together a lot of right. the times. As you know, jam bands with weird fan bases. And people hate Fish fans. If they just say, hey, Fish fans are dicks. Buffett will be the same way because you don't want to meet... A fucking guy who only goes to Buffett shows. Yeah. You're like, and then you turn around to him and you go, well, you know what? Fuck Buffett. But you're not saying that for any other reason other than you're saying, I don't like you. So I think Dane's taking heat for that. Um, and I think it was like the cool thing to kind of hate him than say, this regurgitate the same things you've heard. Like, oh, whether or not he s stole material, that's the thing that went around, and then they just, oh, he'd do that, but, but they wouldn't But you also actually... know it came from yeah. the alt-comedians. Yeah. And, I mean, let's face it. If you're fucking playing, you know, Zippy's Pinhead's fucking late night place, and he's playing Madison Square Garden, I could see where... You know, people would be jealous and be like, fuck that guy. It's a hater mentality. They're just, they're haters. Well, what do haters got to do? Haters got to hate. Uh, yeah. and, what I, about I, and by the way, we're not even talking about artistically. You know, everyone is going to like the thing that they like. The other thing about Dane is he doesn't look like he needs to do comedy. You know what I mean? Yeah. He doesn't have that, uh, I was, you know... Whatever, an outsider. Picked and on or saved me. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, I think uh, for the folks that do like Dane, I think they'll, you know, get a kick out of it. But I think the people who don't um, uh, like Dane uh, will. No, that line I gave you early on was the line. Um, I think it would be. Uh, yeah. Oh, boy, that was perfect. I think it was like uh, something along, along the lines of you really can appreciate what Christine does when she's not with you. You know what I mean? Whatever that fucking line was. It was just amazing. When I put it out there, I'm like, that's so great. How do I come up with shit like that? Christine will love that. Um, here is... Um, 
Here's Charlie in Manhattan. Hey, Charlie. Brownie B, how are you? Yeah. Brownie, I was the one who had my son AJ with me. You were phenomenal yesterday. Um, Dane was great, and yeah, I, my son was just blown away. You know, he's saying, "Come on, somebody get a phone, take a picture," because both our batteries died. So it was. Uh, he, he he was talking about it the whole way home until he fell asleep. That that was really really cool, and the fact that when I said this kid loves you, Dane was on him like in a heartbeat before the show in even started. Yeah. One other thing too, Ronnie. Um, I met Chris Stanley for the first time. Chris, uh, a couple of push-ups, sit-ups, maybe? I mean, what the heck? Well, hey, 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 well, come on. I'm in great shape. Well, you remember You're the shape Charlie was in yesterday? He was in phenomenal shape. Yeah, I get it, yeah. Yeah, he got him a strong man. That's, you look phenomenal, Fez. That's, that's the fucking haters. Right? Come on. That's the haters mentality. I'm on a smoker's regimen here. You think I get to do a push-up? That reminds me, I gotta get into you uh, later, something that Leslie brought up to me, and I'll get to you in just a second, though. Uh, David Rochester. Hey, buddies. How are we doing today? I want to agree with you 100%. I am a huge Dave Matthews fan, and even I went to the concert this summer and looked around, and every douchebag frat boy in America seems to be at the show. But you're right. He has great songs, great musicians, but you can't fault him for his fans. Yeah, I think you can, though. I think... I do. Like, if I was from it, I'd have to say to my fans, stop being so douchey. <laughs> when cool. you're when you're not here with me, <laughs> get a little cooler, people. Yeah, leave that like, necklace except, at home. Like one except time, I don't want to hear it from a fish fan. Fish sucks. No fish is the shit. Dave and Matthews sucks. No, isn't that the the worst thing you can say? Somebody's the shit. No, but that's a, a positive thing. It's like if you're the shit, that means you're great. Um. Ghost and Ants marching for the 400th time. <laughs> mm. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? People just get crazy. They're right. People get angry over the stupidest things. So, anyway, I was talking to our friend Leslie, who's got a great piece up on the iBang about the New York comic, uh, Comedy Con when she was invited. To follow Booger around. It's awesome. It's called My Day at Comic-Con with Curtis Armstrong, the king of the nerds. See, I never knew him as Curtis Armstrong. I only know him as Booger. <laughs> he actually has, does have a name outside of Booger. So here's what happened. And, and the Armstrong's people uh, called the Interrobang and made this offer to anybody who want you know, to any of our writers. And you could just go to Comic-Con with him and... See what his weird life is like. <laughs> Let me see. Pull it up so I want to see. Uh, and I guess he's even big beyond because of this nerd show. Huh? Yeah, he co-hosts uh, The King of the Nerds. I think it's uh, on TBS. And that's like a reality competition show to see who is the king of the nerds. And you that, what a fucking... I've watched both seasons. There he is with the winner of season two in the post. <clears throat> I think these are probably these are real nerds too, not the. Oh, I, I watched Transformers, so now I consider myself a nerd. I think they're actually sort of a spaz type people on it. They get legit ones. Why don't you just say they're like me? They should. You should have <laughs> fucking said, Ron. These are the Shelbys of their own world. So anyway, she got to do that. It's a great piece to go up and read on the Interbank. 
But she wrote to me last night about us talking about your greasy hair. Yeah. And Looks she says his hair is not greasy. Okay. Which she wrote, and she says she knows this from sitting next to you. Yeah, all right. So what, what's her opinion on my hair? You don't wash the shampoo out of your hair. Wait. You're one of those guys who fucking puts the shampoo in your hair, and then you leave too early. I, what are you talking about? You put your shampoo your head, and then you tuck your head into some water, and then it's gone. It's done. Or a shower head. Apparently, you don't do it enough, just like you don't wipe properly. I wipe very properly. Hmm. Thank you. How would you know? I doubt it. He picks it. up an odor. He, there's a problem with the odor. Look. The hair. So you're not washing the shampoo out of your hair enough. I don't understand how how more, you know when I'm am, when I, I you know I I, uh, I shampoo. Well, I get it now. <laughs> what fucking happened to you there? It was like <laughs> watching someone fall down a hill. I pulled a Shelby. Yeah, uh, the. I not. <laughs> That's what happened. I I can see where she's coming from. I'm guessing it. I mean, he washes like maybe half of it out. I'm not saying he leaves oh, yeah, it all. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He does. He, he hits some water on there. How yeah. could I not wash the shampoo out of your I don't know. hair? I don't know how you do it. I do. It gets out. It was grease. Having sat next to Hicks, he doesn't have greasy hair. He has thick thick hair. Doesn't wash shampoo out. And the oils build up into a mixture. What? You should start using vinegar after shampoo. Well, that's not going to happen. Why right? not? Look, I just upgraded to shampoo and conditioner in one. Vinegar at another step? No way. No how. I do a fine job getting this shampoo out of my hair. I don't know. I don't know who made her my stylist. Somebody needs to, because you're fucking poo head. <laughs> no, it's 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 just grease. It's just grease because I only only wash my hair every couple of days. And but then you don't wash the fucking shampoo out. I don't. I I look at my head in the do, mirror. There's not like suds there. Do you? No, there doesn't have to be suds. You're you do what's called the forty five second shower. That's a shower and shampoo, and he brags about how fast he's in. Yeah. One of the reasons for his speed is he leaves his socks on. <laughs> so what? My my feet are a little soggy every now and then. All right. Um, Gil sent us some potential unmasked. Oh, no. Just uh, to you guys. I am the king of the rain. I could see how his hair is probably grease and shampoo. I don't think that's been floated out because he—he's just sort of all over the place with. Maybe he shampoos with grease. No, I shampoo with Pantene, dude. Come on, that's my brand. I'm sort of not a Dapper Dan man like Shelby over there. You ought to be a Dapper Dan man. <laughs> I have to use the a aroma lot. is a big part of the treatment. I had to use a lot of cans of Dapper Dan. There's a bunch of hair on here. I'm a dapper damn man. Well, now man. I fucking feel like I need to go watch that movie. Well, all the grease and shampoo, then it's just trapped on his head by the Yankees hat. So it's the Yankees hat's ex- been a giant mistake to you. <laughs> you used to fucking have such beautiful hair until the Yankees hat. Yeah. It's because that. Here's why you do it. You got a bad cut that it doesn't fall properly, and your way of dealing with it 
is a stupid, greasy Yankee hat. This hat that's never been washed will cover all my problems. I liked when you kept your hair like Big Chief. Yeah, I was seven <laughs> years. Seven years at a haircut. Why'd you shit all over us and not let it go for a full time? <laughs> I, got, I got drunk in Montreal in the middle of the day and cut it. Why? I don't know. It was just like it was hot. It was a very sunny, warm, hot I don't day. think a guy should cut his hair unless a girl breaks up with him and then shave this shit off. That's it. The hair's gone, too, if she's yeah. leaving. And cover that tattoo with a bulldog. <laughs> I know a lot of dudes that their chicks broke up with them and they just shaved their heads. It's, it's, it's like cathartic, you know? I think when you're depressed, your hair feels heavy. <laughs> you know? It could be weighing you down. We ought to do a thing where the whole show shaves their head. Go bald. Solidarity for somebody, or just no, no. I don't like to do one of those cancer kid things. I think that's a fucking cop out. It doesn't help. No, it doesn't help. Who needs to raise awareness for cancer? Everyone knows it's happening. Um, yeah, if someone came to me, we all shaved our heads. Really? Did y'all give yourselves cancer? Because that's the only way I feel like you'd be going through with what I'm doing. Go walk into a nuclear reactor. I'd feel even worse. Now I got cancer. All my friends are bald. I feel bad about that. They don't want to. They don't want to do that. And then they sort of look weird because their your head kind of looks sort of normal because it sort of blends in after you shave it after cancer. But there's just this giant white bald head, or all your friends might not be white. Um, that was weird. Yeah. Right, I'm sending uh, I'm sending the top two back. And I am the king of the rain. Uh let's see uh, Jason. Jason, you're on the run of fest show, buddy. Hey Ronnie. Hey uh Ghost Pepper Hicks. I got a suggestion for you. Uh, maybe people should throw bottles of water at your head. I'll help rinse off that shampoo. Go to hell. All right. I don't want to think about that goddamn water bottle again. Doesn't help. It's plastic. It's not. It's not open bottles of water. Um. All right. Pete and I already said yes to. Uh, we've got to put together who wants to date Lauren, too. That's another thing that we've let go on the back burner. I saw Lauren yesterday, and she said like this. She goes, buddy, I'm itching for it. Oh. You know? I got an itch that can only be scratched by one of your listeners. Oh, God. Wow. It's kind of pretty graphic. Why? Why? Look at this little fucking asexual <laughs> grossed out by it. Who gets fucking grossed out like that? Well, you're you're she was fucking, No, I'm not. I figured she was fucking like an old man in this scenario. So what? What? Why don't you fucking step up and say you'd be with her? She'd fucking snap you like a breadstick. You asexual prick. Nope, I'm not. I'm not the asexual on staff. So who are you calling old men? Are our listeners? Well, I think she said she was interested in older guys. Maybe. Right. These are our fucking listeners that you're running down, you thick-lipped fucking... Not all of them. <sighs> They're not all, not it, all of them. <laughs> the second Fez gets better, you're back in your fucking pit hole. I never worked in a place where someone said that their fucking prime demo was garbage. Not all of them. 
Why do you want to be a creepy old guy? Oh. Yeah, write it down, Shubs. He does a thing like a newscaster. When he's uncomfortable, he starts to write shit down. The second Fez fucking feels like himself. It's on. And Shelby's just in a ditch somewhere. Always reminds me of that day you ran down ONA. Well, that day, infamy. Um, but people are all want to talk about your grease. God, yeah. See, it's grease and not shampoo. Sure. That's all it is. <laughs> Just that grease. When's Leslie coming in? Tuesday. Next Tuesday. Yeah, I didn't think it would be last Tuesday. <laughs> Mm. All right, this is what Hospice said. My ex wanted me to have long flowing hair, and I tried to grow it out, but my hair just didn't do that. About two weeks after the breakup, I cut it short, but not all. I have dents in my scalp. And then I took off um, all my facial hair. I didn't realize it was so textbook. Your fucking textbook, dude. Your, guy, your social studies book. That's what kind of textbook that is. Maybe even earth signs. Um, tomorrow is the Bennington show. It's on. You guys are putting together an opening for me, right? Yeah, yeah. We, we, um, we produced I something. just realized I need a really long, big opening. I told you guys about it this week because 7 o'clock is ridiculous time to start. It's very early. All right. Let's take a listen to it. Okay. Here we go. I don't know where I'm going from here, but I promise I won't bore you. Ron Bennington, host of The Ron and Fez Show, unmasked in Ron Bennington interviews, is going to show you a side of him you've never experienced. You would be very lucky if in your whole life you saw the work of one genius. This is Bennington. The form of the tragic autobiography is dead. Goodbye, written word. So I have chosen this form, radio. Talked in my life. And here's your host, Ron Bennington. Wow, is that obnoxious. <laughs> you guys are so on the nose with this, huh? Like a goddamn heat-seeking missile, seems like. How come? No creativity, just I heard some things, so let me put them back in. Wanted to go in that direction. Wanted to use some of the people you love in there. Some drops. Yeah, but what's with all the genius talk? And then the autobiography. I was only one of the fucking concepts that come up. <laughs> Shelby? <laughs> seemed like a good idea. It seemed like a good idea when we were producing it. I don't know. You love it? I thought I thought we had something there. It's very short. Um, here's John Pantene. You're on the Run of Fest show. John Pantene. Shampoo. We don't want to be affiliated with a half-horse, dirty, filthy child molester. Oh, come on, John Pantene. I am not a horse or child molester. Half well, just use something else. I enjoy the product, okay? Mr. Pantene? I didn't know there was a Mr. Pantene. 
What are the uh, blurbs you came up for hashtag Bennington? Hashtag, oh, uh, I have no blurbs yet for hashtag Bennington. 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 How come? Can't think on your feet. Well, I didn't have any prepared, no. So that would. So you think of uh, radio as something to prepare? I'll tell you. I don't know why they don't want me to take my whole team with me to the morning. Do, 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 do. I think of this show as things Opie didn't say this week. Hashtag Bennington. Bennington. Hashtag Bennington. But up, 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 but up. Coming up at 1 o'clock, we got our guest, right? Yes, we do. See you in the building yet? I sent an email when you hear back. Um, hey, Austin, strong iron, you're on the Run of Fez show. What's going on, Ronnie? Um, Fez, I don't know if you're with us, but um, I just wanted to let you know that in 1981, they started recording the sack, uh, the sack totals, and St. Louis right now has the lowest of all time with five. So I don't want to say that you're right or you're wrong, but maybe they should have kept Michael Finn. You may have been onto something there, buddy. Sure wouldn't have hurt the team to keep him. But isn't the amazing part of that is that they didn't keep sacks until 1981? That's really bizarre. Did, did we don't know how many sacks Mean Joe Green had in his life. We don't know because no one thought the sack was important. This would be like... Oh, no. Baseball never even counted triples until 1981. What was the point before that? Well, they it was tackles. You weren't throwing the ball 40 and 50 times a game. You didn't have these fucking rules. It was mainly a running game. And if you looked at a Terry Bradshaw, he'd throw anywhere from like 18 to 23, 24 times a game. And so they were like, oh, oh. Oh, yeah, sometimes you make a tackle, but on the quarterback. They basically just thought about it. A sack was tackling the quarterback. Um, here's uh, Brian in Buffalo. You're on the Run of Fez show. What's going on, guys? Ronnie B., I love you a lot. Uh, Pepper, I just cut up the Carmelicious uh, batch for this year. Where do I send it? I'll send you a little treat. If you like it, you can let me know. I'll get you some more. All right. How big are we talking? Uh, my my take was enough to get me through the year. So, Jesus, yeah. uh, that's why I figured I'd share a little bit with Peppy Hamburger. See if he likes it. Give me a shout out. All right, I'll be in contact. Fantastic. All right, yeah, hook me up. Can you believe that we didn't have... Uh, why are we waiting for contact? Let's just fucking say yes. We're on. Yes, yes. What is there to negotiate? No, just, no, no, just, no just, just address, address. Here, I'm going to put him on hold. Go talk to him. Okay. Go switch out. Switch out. Shelby, do a switch out. Um, Bob in Illinois. Hashtag Bennington. Radio minus the anchors. Well, I like that. I really like that a lot. Uh, Pat, in Florida, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey there, Ronnie B. I uh, just want to jog your memory for a minute. Uh, Chris Stanley claims not to be a kid toucher, but uh, remember a little girl named Foxy? Uh, him and Dave was uh, messing around. Oh, God, did that make me um, uncomfortable. Okay. So you might want to 
bring that up to him. Ugh. So they used to follow this little girl online. It wasn't even a sex site. They would just follow this little girl. It was the sickest thing I ever saw in my life. Yeah, I, I've heard of her. Like just I some you have. deep internet thing that she's not. She doesn't really even do or known for anything. Just all of a sudden, people just start paying attention. You know attention what to she's her. known for? Fucking as you put it. <laughs> Demo. Uh, but the but yeah, they were just following a little girl home. Basically, was it? All right, here's some people writing in some stuff since Chris wouldn't do it. Hashtag Bennington. It's nothing you're expecting. Hashtag Bennington. You've never seen this before. I'm I'm putting out uh, cookies tonight for hashtag Bennington Eve. Hashtag Bennington. It's about time. Hashtag Bennington, new as fuck. That one I like a lot. Hashtag Bennington, it's not greasy at all. Hashtag Bennington, 90% less dead air. Hashtag Bennington, no coconut, no ants, just Bennington. Hashtag Bennington, no beeps, no bops, no boops. Radio Savant slash genius. Hashtag Bennington, it's not what you're used to. Hashtag Bennington, we're going to cut your ears off, put them on your face, remove them, and put them back on your face. Hashtag Bennington. <clears throat> Guest is in the building. Also, I just oh, so we're going to have Mr. Danny Aiello in here in just a little while. One of our favorite people. Where's his IMDB page here? Hand that to me. I got a bunch of uh, other stuff sitting in front of me. We never got one? I think it's in the booth. Running. Boof. 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 No, don't have it. Well, send them to me, and then I'll send them to him. We're trying to come up um, with looking at logos for uh, Bennington. I don't even know. Why did you guys make that thing so short and so uh, NPR? Was it a joke? Fuck with me? I don't want to know. I'm not, I'm not trying to fuck with you. No. It was just too on the. It was too on point. That's what we should have gotten weird. It was like you're still questioning. It's like you're taking it from here. From rather than ask me what I'm actually doing, and then we could have done stuff for that. Everyone's afraid to talk here, aren't they? I'm not afraid to talk at all. Well, why would you hand in something and act like it was about an autobiography? Well, because I wanted to make something, and, and instead of just pitch a concept, I wanted to make something and give it to you completed. So no, but now we've got 20 hours. Yeah. So if I say no to this, what do I got? We gotta, we're going to retool tonight, and you'll have some tomorrow. You need to worry about the Ron Fez show. You're fucking hanging on here with your goddamn fingernails. <laughs> You were fired last night over the Leslie debacle. She saved your job. Uh, thank God my ID still worked. I was real freaked out. I barely slept. Uh, Bob in North Carolina, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ronnie, I just want to give you a heads up. I, there's a town close to where I live. There's a lot of gays and homosexuals. And there was an article in our newspaper about they use Pantene shampoo for lube when they don't have anything else. So, you know how Chris likes that dick? I don't. I don't like that at all. You're wrong, sir. 
Right, just so you know, Chris. Yeah. This is not the IMDb. Great. This is the IMD biography. The IMDb is the list of. I'm going to email them the correct thing to actually print out, which they should have had. You struggle, right, with these guys? I don't give specific enough direction. That's the problem. You just said Pacific. Specific. Specific enough direction. Three radio shows, it's four radio shows. We got Bennington, Ron and Fez, temporarily, why it's still here. Oh. A Mask, and Ron Bennington interviews. That's fucking four shows. Going around the world. That's fucking Eric Clapton's time. Going around the world. I can see why they didn't want me to have Shelby and Fez. I'm shocked by the Chris thing. I thought I'd be part of it. Did you pitch it to anybody? No. I assume like a jerk off. They'll be running in the correct IMDb now. Um, did you forward any of those other things to... Um, I don't know. I, I, I can't... Here's the fucking thing about... I'm not visually stimulated almost ever. And I hate logos. And it always comes down to fucking shitty logo talk. Or, here, look at these pictures. Big Easy, I'm sorry you got fucking put out there as Kel today. That shouldn't be it for you. Print out what I sent you. He got it properly. Even if you went like to Rotten Tomatoes and picked his biggest fucking rolls. Well, that's, I mean? that's what he has. He's printed that out. The correct one. The one where it's not just every single thing he's ever done his entire life. Um, Joe in Utah, you're on the run of Fez show. Uh, Fez's name was mentioned like four times in the last 40 minutes, and two callers tried to talk to him. I just want to know if he's in there, and what's his problem that he's not talking? Well, he is in here. He ran out as soon as the show started, went back in the hole. And I'm going to guess you've decided at the last second you got some anxiety today, Fez? Yeah, just a stressful panic attack. Flare up. (laughs) What brought that on? Start of the show? I think, yeah, actually, the clock hitting noon. Got me freaked. What are you freaked about? Don't work? No, just uh, normal anxiety. Let's see some of these. Hashtag Bennington. There's no substitute. Oh, boy, I'm not reading that one. That's the other F word. A couple anti... Chris Stanley things. Oh, come on. Uh, what is the I'm asked tomorrow? Which one are we doing? Tomorrow is Dane Cook. Mm. Dane Cook's tomorrow. That's going to be good. <clears throat> Jay Rochester, you're on the Run of Fez show. Well, what can we do for you, buddy? Hey, is this uh, Ron? Yeah, you're on the air, pal. 
Sorry about it. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for a long time, too. Uh, I'm going for surgery at 2 o'clock, and I'm freaking out, and I can really use Fez on the air. Why you bought Boston Balls? Why doesn't he come out and help me out? You said it's a bad day for you today, Fez? Yeah, I apologize to everyone. Well, I'm not mad at you. I just can use the help. You know. I mean the support. people in the room. I'm not apologizing to you, sir. Oh, okay. Thank you very, thank you very much for the support. Go in there and just start asking for a Valium. Don't stop asking until they give it to you. Tell them you're nervous <laughs> that your body's going to be cut into. They're drilling into my head. Valium's <clears throat> not going to cut it. That's like after the fact. I need pre, pre-Fez beforehand. I feel like you're drilling into my head. He's not here for you today, sir. All right. Thank you very much. He's having a rough day. But tell them to take their uh, finger off uh, line one. Fez, tell them to take their hand off line one. Jay, in New York, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, what's going on, Ronnie? Uh, it's kind of rubbing salt in my wound. I wasn't going to say anything, but I won a contest a while back. And I was supposed to get the Danny Aiello signed Dinner Rush movie. I was stoked. I got it in the mail. I ran home. I tear it open. And Shelby sent me some Swami on a Mountain movie that I just, my heart just went, oh. I waited because I had to send it to Canada. And that was probably a big pain in the ass. Waited about a month and a half for it. But. Boy, hearing Danny Aiello's coming on now and knowing Shelby dropped that ball. It just all these, all these times we've never had fuck-ups with people sending shit out. Yeah. Who used to do it, Chris? I did, and Pips used Before I did, then Pips never did. Never once did we used to have complaints. He, he even raised my hopes because he called me back and verified my address. And I was like, wow, Shelby is right on the ball. And then, boom, Swami in the mouth. Shelby, if you don't fucking talk 2.0, I'm going to lose my fucking shit. I don't know why people stand and fucking say nothing when they're addressed. It drives me nuts. I'm going to fucking break right here. Okay. I don't fucking... I, I, if you think you're going to fucking copy him, me and you don't have the same fucking background, dude. I'm going to break. I'll be right back. Ron and Fez. Ron and Fez. Chris, you're going to follow up this uh, prize thing? I will find out what happened to Dinner Rush. 
I don't know why something like that annoys me, but it does. It also it annoys me that I see Shelby taking on the fucking Fezrol. He said he has qual. He's he's obtained qualities from Fez. The other thing that's driving me mad is Fez only acts like this when he's in here, and none of the bosses fucking see this part of it. They just hear about it. It's become a fucking strain. Maybe it's me. Now, people who win prizes should get correct prizes. I'd, or at least be responded to by p people. A fucking guy calls here and says, I'm about to go in and get surgery. And we just yell at him, take a Valium then. Don't bother me. Uh, I don't fucking understand why we think the things that what, what we talk about on the radio, it doesn't even have to be correct. But you got to be responding to people. Yeah. A fucking, there should be a goddamn, uh, our flag should be just someone locked up, just fucking all stressed <laughs> no, and locked up. No, there shouldn't be stress. Whatever. Look, I don't know why everyone doesn't do this. Just go over to the iBang and look at the big ass gift. To me, this is just pure meditation. This is a mantra, is what it is. It's a visual mantra. I didn't even know there was such a thing. Well, we found one. It's a big-ass GIF. Some people call it GIF. It's correctly called GIF. And look at that thing. It's great, isn't it? It's almost as if it has a different personality from the rest of her body. It's a woman with a large ass. Using, she has to use her fingers to shake it. She can't just shake it on her own. Oh, no. It's large. It's large, and the correct kind of underwear as well and, uh, is on that ass, too. Nice tongue. No silly boy shorts that are all the rage these days. Oh, God, we're back in the high-res talk now. I hate the high-res talk. On that logo, can we get a high-res? Yeah, it's got to be done by tomorrow. Second one, the one with the mirrored effect. Let's get a high rest. Are we paying attention? Okay. Thanks. Um, is this our buddy Howie? That is correct. How's it going, guys? What do you say, dude? Uh, I was going to say, you know, I mean, if you guys are having issues with the staff, you know, maybe you can have somebody that's sitting at home trying to get a job come in and help, but I would offer my services, but apparently that's becoming a problem also as well. <sighs> yeah, we're still working on that, dude. Yeah. Uh, did you send the other stuff? Like I've I've talked to two of the bosses, and you have a problem with HR, and I think it's because you know you're a returning vet, and it just reminds everybody of that unpleasantness. The veteran status is the red flag. <laughs> yeah, it's it's fucking insane at this point. I know. I talked. I, I sent to something to Michelle. I didn't realize she had a, an issue over the past week, but like I haven't even heard from HR in like five days. Michelle said that she is back and that I'm a big meanie. All I did was point out that she was at a water park for four days. I love water parks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, if you guys are having issues, you need some people for the Friday show, I, I, I'm not doing it. 
Anything. Oh, God, I hate to even hear that. Oh, no. You know, I mean, obviously, I don't support the troops. I mean, I support them when they go off to war. Yeah. I don't support them when they come back. <laughs> Didn't think they were going to come back. Well, they come back with oh. such bad memories, and I don't oh. like to hear about that. Reminds me of bad things. Uh, all right, I'm going to tell Don. All right, how Howard... Uh, Fez, not Fez, Chris is going to keep working on this. Yeah, I'm... A year-long thing. And you know something, Chris? Yeah. I mean, when I call you names and all that... Yeah, right? yeah, you know, it hurts sometimes, you know? I'm just saying you're welcome. What? I thought you were going to... I'm acknowledging that you're here. Because, look, this skin may look thick, but not as thick as it seems. Oh, you know? that is really fucking sweet. <laughs> My skin is not as thick as it seems. It couldn't be. It seems so thick. Look at just the number of pages and papers that you guys just drowned me in. Yeah, you only um, need two right now. The uh, Dick Cabot Unmasked is happening on Monday, October 20th, 1 p.m. at the SiriusXM Studios. Dick Cabot's new book, Brief Encounters, is out. Um, you go to theinterrobang.com to get tickets to Dick Cabot Unmasked for Monday. Uh, I was her friend Janice. Hey, Ronnie, how are you? Hey, what's up? Howard's a great guy. I hope something works out for him. Um, I was wondering, is it 7 o'clock Eastern on the ONA station? Uh, yeah, 7 o'clock Eastern. Okay. All right, and you're in Chicago? Yes. Yeah, so I think that's quarter after four. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but last May. <laughs> Hey, Ronnie, did you know that Johnny Winter died in July? Yeah, I did hear that. I felt terrible about it. Yeah, I just found that out. He was on tour and he was 70. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we still got Edgar. Yep. He doesn't want legs for his keyboards. He wants to wear it around a belt around his neck. That never <laughs> caught on, Edgar. I still think it looks cool. That should be my opening song of the new show. This is so exciting. It is exciting, Yay, isn't it? More Ronnie B. Yay. Now, uh, Janice, I will tell you this. I'm going to do something different than I've ever done on the air. That's all I'm saying. Probably just doing my taxes. <laughs> is, your, is there an accountant going to come in or is it just you doing the taxes? Um, <laughs> the sound of the clicking. <laughs> Why would I get receipts? That's what I normally say to my accountant. <laughs> hey, you know, the other day I was pulling into my parking lot and there was a young man struggling with his motorcycle. His uh, kickstand had fallen off. So I parked and I got out and I was holding the bike for him while he reattached it. But it dawned on me that I'll never ride again. So I came home and I called... Actually, it's the same couple I gave the foosball table to. Jesus Christ, they're making out like bandits. And uh, I said, you know, you're in my will to get the black oh. motor goosey, and I realized that I'll never ride again, so why wait for me to die? And uh, so I was excited because they, they were like, oh, we'll figure out how to come get it. So. Oh, that <laughs> is nice. They're grifting you, Jack. No, no. And it's funny, too, because it wasn't the prettiest of the three bikes, but it was Mike's favorite because it had a big fairing and he could smoke a cigar while he rode and it had a great stereo. 
and he'd always go, boy, you know, no one comments about this one, but they always say something about the red one. I go, well, it's because it's red. It's got, it's so hot. It just, you know, jumps out at you. But I, I told him, I go, but I got to tell him, you can never nose in the parking lot. <laughs> just like the foosball table. You can't spin the rods, and then a motorcycle, you can't pull in, nose in. <laughs> you can't do that. I nope. try to tell Chris all the time. I never listen. You're a nose in prick, you are. I know. That's the way I was taught, you know? One time when you were doing unscreened phone calls, a young man called and said, why do black people always put back into a spot? <laughs> it's true. <laughs> they just break I don't know about blacks, but I can tell you why you're spikers. <laughs> I, I saw a black dude on my block. Uh, leaving to get on his bike, right? Yeah. And I'm not kidding you. It took him 40 minutes to standing next to that bike to when he finally fucking left. <laughs> and we were all just sitting there having some smokes, and we were laughing our asses off. We're putting bets down. He's putting the gloves on oh, one at a time, pulling those mirrors out. <laughs> his bike looked like fucking princes in purple rains anyway. <laughs> so the point of the bike was get up and go. Just jump in. That's why I gotta say, I kind of a couple problems with uh, the biker show that I watch all the time. Cause yeah. They hang with black guys, which isn't, you know, besides Jackson's big white shoes that he wears on his motorcycle. It's like, <laughs> you don't wear white shoes on a motorcycle and you don't hang with black guys. I, I never thought of it that way. Sorry. <laughs> all right, thanks. Peace. Okay, you have a great day. Love you guys. Um, Joe, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, uh, got a solution. Since you said Fez only freezes up on the air, but not around the bosses, bring one of the bosses into the studio. I, I don't, I don't know what to do next. It, it can't be up to me anymore. Now I got to have one of them fucking Shelby around to see why he won't answer people. All you got to do is just respond to the, if someone just trusts say you. Say something. I mean, most of the time, most of the time, people say I'm sucking dick and or right. I'm a screw up or I'm a drunk or my hair's too greasy. But hey, I'm still going to talk to them. Um, Bill in Jersey, you're on the Run of Fez show. A big ass card holder, twenty nine eight seventy five, my buddy. Hooah! Hey, Ronnie B, I gotta know. Tomorrow morning, six thirty. If I turn on the channel. The Bennington Station. Am I going to hear like a Sammy pre-show, you know, with the super fan Eric's and the Todd from Burlington's and all of his cast of characters calling in to say hello? Um, hey, can I get a... No. Sam's doing his big the 3 o'clock show. That's going to be a strong one. Hey, uh, Doug, you're on the Run of Fest show. Ronnie B., Pepper Dick. Hey. So, hello so. from Iowa. Hey, um, I don't know if you guys heard this or not, but uh, Russell Graham was on the Howard Stern show the other day, and they interviewed him for an hour or so. And, and at the end, he was talking about interviews he had done, and he said, uh, well, the, basically the best interview he had ever done was with a guy named Ron from XM, and he couldn't, couldn't think of his last name. And, and he wouldn't let it go, and uh, Howard kept going, yeah, I don't, I don't know who you're talking about. And, and But he wouldn't let it go, and finally Howard Stern was forced to say, Oh, you mean Ron and Fez? And he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the guy. He goes, best interview. I mean, basically said the best interview he has ever done. And That's I very nice. Hilarious. That, yeah, that Howard Stern was forced to say it. Another question I had is I, had, I hadn't listened in a little while. Uh, 
but was wondering if Fez had had gay sex yet. I didn't know if that no. happened yet. So, no, we no, talked about that in. yesterday. Okay. All right, the one and only Danny Aiello was here. Book signings tonight in uh, bookends in Ridgewood, New Jersey. Wednesday, Barnes & Noble in Staten Island. Friday, Barnes & Noble in the Upper West Side. The book is Danny Aiello, My Life on the Street, on stage, and in the movies. I only know who I am when I'm someone else. Let's bring in the great Danny Aiello. Joy is something you my arms in full name. I couldn't reach it. <laughs> Danny Aiello, my life on the street, on stage and in the movies. I only know who I am when I'm somebody else. You know, you can go out and see Danny tonight. Bookends in Ridgewood, New Jersey. Uh, Barnes & Noble in Staten Island. And Barnes & Noble in the Upper West Side. Now, I think to be a great actor, you have to be a great storyteller. And you can see that in this book, because when you read this book, it's like having dinner with Danny Aiello, and he's sitting down telling you some of these great stories. Thank you, Ronnie. That's a, that's a great compliment, because when I agreed to do the book, it was important for me to sound, that, that the words would sound like me speaking. And I think we've accomplished that. It wasn't an easy thing to do. It was a very stressful thing for me to do. I'll tell you, to pick up things at the age of six. First of all, I said, how the hell am I going to remember things at the age of six? But it came to me. A lot of things that I wanted to forget as a child and buried, but they came to light again. Here, I'm 145 years old remembering <laughs> things that, you know, that I did when I was six years old. It was, it was really an experience for me to do that. Sleepless nights created. It took me three months to write it. And, uh, and I've done it. And if it doesn't sell one book, I'm being honest with you. I wrote the book I wanted to write. And the title, of course, I'd like to explain what it means. I only know who I am when I am somebody else. Because sitting here with you, I'm not quite sure who the hell I am. Yesterday, Ooh. I don't know who I am. But I do know whenever I'm acting a character, I know who that is. I know the lines I'm going to speak. I know where this character comes from because I did the investigative work. So I'm quite sure of who my characters are, but not too sure about myself. Is that some of your favorite work that you're doing to the, the preparation? 
to the the roles is that yeah i think so but it's, it's relatively simple because what i do i don't like to sound like a magician or some miracle maker when i do a role i simply think about it a bit think about what i did in life what i would have done in life had i been playing such a role and i try to make it as natural as it's humanly possible to make it for myself uh you know if it's a known character in history of course i will do lookup work i did my due diligence find out who the guy was and come up with something but any other character that i play that's unreal and developed for the first time i might have picked up something from someone in the street because mm -hmm. actors are voyeurs you know they observe people sometimes we pick up little idiosyncrasies of people and we say, hey, sometime in the future, you know, I'm going to utilize what that guy just showed me, you know, and you do it that way. But I, I just, it's, it's a matter of uh, constantly rehearsing lines, rehearsing lines, rehearsing lines, remembering the lines and trying to make something valid out of the lines. But it's, it's a simple method, I think. And uh, as long as eventually you're in the most natural state that you can be in, and that's generally how I feel my characters uh, are portrayed in a very natural sense. But here's the thing for this book, when you sit down to do this, the guy that you're now investigating is Danny Aiello, yeah. and you're going back to memories and feelings that you've probably pushed away and yeah. tried to get away from for your whole life. Yeah, well, that, that, that's, that's true. First of all, I was a kid. When I was six years old, I remember a lot of things that came back to mind. I had, I had eczema. Mm -hmm. I was sitting in the front of a class, and uh, because I was small and very skinny, and uh, smaller than the rest of the students, but I had to scratch myself like crazy because of my eczema. My mother at night, when I went to sleep, had to put gloves on my hands or my socks on my hands to keep me from ripping myself apart. That's how bad the eczema was. And then I was left back in school because I was hospitalized quite a bit. So I'm an older guy in a younger class. And, you know, people are looking at me weird and I'm scratching and scratching. And I'm thinking I was disgusting them. So I went over to the teacher and I had my mother, you know, ask them to let me sit in the back and of course that was permitted on the other hand when i left school when i went outside i played ball uh you know and that put me in a different state of mind i didn't worry about my eczema i didn't have to scratch myself because i was involved in something other than sitting there and scratching but in school i loved when the teacher would call me and ask me to read something from a book now i have no idea why that was so important to me, but I would get up and read, and I was also a great speller. Math, forget about it. Algebra, any of that stuff, forget it. I couldn't do it. But I loved to read, and I think that was the first sign, maybe, that maybe someday I'll become an actor, you know, reading mm -hmm. scripts and so forth. Of course, I never wanted to be an actor until I was, but it, it was it was a tremendous experience. But in the book, I go from six, from the age of six, I go to the age of nine when I uh, was uh, shining shoes at Grand Central Station. In 1940s, I was shining shoes for soldiers and so forth and shining their boots. I used to pop the rag, you know, and it was, I'm talking about the shoe mm -hmm. shine rag. And then from that, I when I went to 13 years old, four uh, uh, I, I got into some bad trouble with little gangs sort of things, and I was picked up by two detectives at Herman Ritter, PS 98, in New York City, uh, which was a 
sort of an elementary school, and they took me down to Lincoln Hospital to be identified for attempted murder. Now, I had nothing to do with this guy who was beat up. His name was Joe Ariago. But the two detectives scared the hell out of me. They took me out of school, brought me there, and said, do you know Joe Ariago? I said, no, I don't. They said, well, apparently someone knows you because they said you were there when he got hurt. I said, I had detectives, I had nothing to do with it. I don't know what you're talking about. So they took me down and I'm thinking, oh my God, I know I didn't do it, but I'm beginning to feel guilty. And maybe I did do it. Of course I didn't do it, but I was thinking I did. So I heard a song on the radio. Ron, you got to believe me when I'm telling you this. You know what the song was? I've got an alibi. The song is, I've got an alibi. I don't even remember. But that song kept playing. I wanted to say something to the cops, but I thought it wouldn't make any sense. They took me up to the guy's room. Now, they didn't put me in a room. They put me in a vestibule where there was a bench. And I saw in the room, apparently they wanted me to see it. And in there was Joe Ariago patched up to the head, bandaged all. They did a job on him. And they walk back out to me, and they don't say a word to me. Two detectives on the big, I'm a little kid. I'm nothing. I'm a jerk. Nothing. They come out, and I'm wondering, what are they going to say? Both of them. One grab one arm, the other, and they pick me up and started to take me down. So I'm saying, I'm gone. I'm dead. So they put me in a car, and they take me back to school. And they say, may I curse? Yeah. Get the fuck out of the car. Guy didn't identify me. I had nothing to do with it, but that was the thing that made me know I better get out of this city. I better go away, and I went into the army. Then we go into the army pit. Then I come out of the army. I meet a nice Jewish girl from the Bronx, Sandy Cohen. I fell in love with her, and I married her. Then I got a job at the Greyhound bus terminal as a public address announcer. May I have your attention, please? On platform number three, a coach from Philadelphia, Chester, Wilmington, Dover, Seaford, Laurels, Pearlsbury, Princess Anne, Pocomoke City, Kiptapeak Peach, Little Creek, and Norfolk. That's the kind of crap I did. I did that. I was there for 10 years. I became the union president, the youngest president in the country, lost my job as a result of a wildcat strike, was sued for $500,000. I decided not to fight it because the union, I became very disoriented. I, I, I felt that they killed me because they went with what management was saying as opposed to what one of their Mm. Uh, fellow representatives were saying. I left, floundering around, went to the improvisation in New York City, and Bud Friedman, a proprietor, famous improv, great comedy, yeah. gave me a job as a bouncer. And that's where that goes. Then everything else, then my whole show business career comes into it. And I, I have some nasty remarks for some notable people that I didn't particularly care for. Well, you're, you're, you're going to love it when you read that, Ron. Oh, I know you'll love that Believe book. me, I went through it all. I love the book. And, oh, you know, because I love having you in. And like I said, this when you read this book, you hear Danny's voice the entire time. I mean, it is like going out to dinner with Danny Aiello. I love you saying that, Ron. You have no idea what a compliment that is. I know I said that yeah. before, but I truly mean it. And we did an audio. Yeah. I did the audio book, which came out the same day. So, uh, people now are actually hearing my voice saying the words that I had written. But, you know, the thing is that you that you pick up, even as a kid, you have the angst, the actor's instinct. You know, of you saying, oh, what if I did do it? That's something that an actor would do to himself in a yes. scene. Um, the eczema that you had, you later use 
in one of your more famous <laughs> film roles. And there were questions. I did. Uh, I went out to Washington the other day with Diane Reem mm-hmm. on public radio. Wonderful mm-hmm. woman, and she asked me, uh, "Did that have any in Moonstruck? You were sort of scratching your head." And it was Moonstruck. Yeah. And it wasn't that. It's just that I recalled Exim, and that gave me the idea of scratching my head. Yeah. And that's what I used to do, rip my head apart, rip every part of my body. But yes. is that Was that the question you asked yeah, me? Yeah. It I, was Moonstruck. I, and that's what I love about this, that, that even when there's places that you don't expect a connection, everything in your life seems to be this tapestry, Dan. Yes. One thing leads to uh, another. And there are names of people that you, long before you you were famous that that you know people that you would run across in these stories are absolutely fascinating you know the thing that i'm most moved by paul mazursky he's a great director he directed so many great films he's one of the greatest and i love the guy and two weeks before well i called him in california while i was writing the book and uh we're talking and i said i knew he wasn't feeling well i said paul you know i'd love you to do the foreword of the book if you, if you had time to do it. He said, you know, Danny, well, you know, I'm not feeling too well. And I said, oh, Paul, don't worry about it. If you can't do it, it's fine. I, I just thought maybe it'll be interesting for you. He passed away two mm. weeks later, so which devastated me. And instead of a foreword, what I put in, he sent me a picture a long time ago, him and I, in the movie Pickle, with the big camera there, mm. the director's seat, he's sitting in it. And it said, to Danny, who loves you, Paul Mazursky. So beneath that, in the uh, in that area of dedication, I put my hope was that Paul would have written the foreword on this book. Sadly, he passed away. I said, so I decided not to have one. And right beneath that, I wrote to Paul, who loves you, Danny Aiello. To me, that meant more than anything in the book. And there's a lot of sad and happy things in the book. But to me, it meant that I was giving up someone who wrote a forward saying great things about me, how mm-hmm. great Danny is. How that, I didn't want that. What made me feel good was that I spoke of Paul at the beginning of the book, and I only wish that he knew it. And maybe, maybe knows, by right? some miracle he didn't, yeah. you know. Uh, as I said, there's so many uh, phenomenal stories, some of them... Some of the small stories in here would be the biggest stories that people would carry around for the rest of their lives. And you only, there's a a part of the book where you're working the improv and Doc Pomus, the great, the great uh, songwriter would come in and you would go out to his car and because he could no longer walk, you would pick him up and bring him in. And there he would work with Bette Midler and get together with Bette Midler. This is long before your Danny Aiello that everybody knows. Yes. And how many people, Danny, would have an experience like that, but even more important, be able to recognize it, you know? Yeah, it was it was quite an experience because I had never been exposed to that before. I was a married guy at Greyhound. I didn't know anything about show business. Walking in there and seeing dynamite comedians who had already made it. But the most interesting part of it is to see guys who began there. I was there for about two and a half years and went on to be huge. I'm talking Richie Pry used mm-hmm. to come in. And one of my best friends was Rodney Dangerfield. Rodney Dangerfield was just 
he was sensational. Robert Klein. Robert Klein, I used to sing behind him. We were the untouchables. Buddy Hughes, Bobby Mantia, and, uh, and Bobby Alto. We were called up because Bob Klein would get up before an audience and he would ad lib, he would improv songs. But he would ask for a title of a song. From that title, he would make a song, call us up. I was there, not as one. They called us the yeah. Untouchables, but I was working there. <laughs> I had a job, but I got up and sing behind him. Then you know who else we sung behind? Bette Midler. Unbelievable. Bette Midler, when she was working the bats, you mm-hmm. know, she and she was at the time she was in Fiddler on the Roof. But Bette was sensational. I mean, the people I met there were like outrageously great. Our relationship, Bud Friedman and I, is still great. He lives in California. Uh, but it was a place that started me. I didn't know that that's what I was going to become an actor from that. But it did help me because I was on a stage. I was before people. I was doing things. So it loosened me up a bit, you know. Well, uh, years ago, David Brenner had told me that he said you know he knew you from work in the door great guy and then you got this play and he says he goes to the play and he's like that is unbelievable he had no idea none of them did they used to take me as a joke a hitter that's what they do they take you as a hitter you're italian you hit people that's why you're a goddamn bouncer (laughs) he was a great guy and we were friendly even up until the last minute uh we saw each other frequently and we loved each other i told you ron on the last broadcast Mm -hmm. excuse me uh that Bud Friedman, who I loved, yeah. and Bud Friedman truly loved David as a person, but he didn't think he was funny. And when I was emceeing, if Bud wasn't there, Bud said, never, ever put Brenner on prime time. Now, you know, that's the last thing you got to tell me. If you're going to tell me that shit, that's not going to happen. So what I did was I put him on prime time every time Bud wasn't there. He'd get an 8 o'clock, a 9 o'clock, a 10 o'clock. He was right there. I loved him. David was a great guy. And he he was with Miss Tel Aviv for a long time, one of the most beautiful women I had ever seen in my life. That was his girlfriend. Her name was Yaffa. Second name I don't remember, but she was Miss Tel Aviv. The things that I was exposed to there, I, yeah. I mean, is outrageous. Now, in the book, stories about Lauren Bacall, stories about B. Arthur, stories about Woody Allen, stories about... Martin Scorsese, who said to people, a reporter asked me one day, how come Danny Aiello's never worked with you? He said, well, you know, he wasn't right for what I was doing. When a reporter asked me, I said, what was I, too tall? (laughs) (laughs) I think, you know, Marty's about four foot eight, I guess, something like that. No, he's a great director. My, excuse me, my feeling uh, for him has to do with the fact that I'd never worked with him. And I always wondered why. And at the time I was trying to work with him, I was pretty hot. I mean, I was doing knockout name above the title. I was doing, I just bought a house in Ramsey because of the acting. So I was really cooking. And that makes you think, why would this guy not allow me to be in any one of his movies? And I never was. And I resented that to this day. I resent it. If I see him on the street, I may knock him out. But beside that, (laughs) but beside that, here's the end of that. It's in the book, too. I did a movie called Brooklyn Lobster, Ron. Yeah. Okay. Small movie. Uh, I was asked to do it, and I liked the kid very much, so he thought it would be helpful if I did it. I have somewhat of a name for for him. So I said I, I, I would do it. And he happened to know Marty Scorsese because they both went to NYU at different times. But I did this movie with him. <clears throat> I went to the premiere, okay? 
And what do you think it said at the top? Marty Scorsese presents Danny Aiello <laughs> in Brooklyn Lobster. So in the book, I put down, well, I finally worked finally. on one of Marty Scorsese's <laughs> pictures. Now, remember, he wasn't a producer. Yeah. He didn't put money in. He was never on the set. I think he would have thought it was dangerous to be on the set when I was in the same <laughs> set of him as him. But that was it, you know. And it, But remember this. It was because of his professional ability as a director that I wanted to work with him. I wanted to be painted by his brush on the screen just to give myself an opportunity to know that I had worked with him because he did some marvelous movies. And I just resent the fact that I might have had an additional four Academy Awards if I worked <laughs> with him. <laughs> so I want to knock him out because of that, you know. And other stories, and, and Woody, you know, Woody Allen, who I love dearly, you know, and I did four things with him, including a Broadway play, it would be Arthur. But Woody came over to me one day and he said, Danny... You are my ace in the hole for Broadway Danny Rose. Now, I interpreted that as a street kid, as, hey, man, you're the guy. You're going right. to do it. Now, Bobby Greenhut, who was the producer, said, use Danny. Gordon Willis, who was the greatest cinematographer, said, use Danny. Not because I was a great actor, but because I did my work. I remembered my lines. I was on time. No wasted money. So it was easy for them to say that. I'm waiting and waiting, and I'm thinking, oh, God, I'm going to get this. I can't wait. It's a great role. Perfect feel. Yeah. Perfect Two feel. weeks pass by. Brian Hamill, still photographer in all the great movies. His brother is Pete Hamill. He calls me up. He said, Danny, uh, someone else got the role. I went into my room for about, I would say, two weeks. I was devastated. I wouldn't say I was crying, but devastated. And uh, as time went on, Woody asked Brian, how's Danny? friendly thing now keep in mind that woody and i were friendly during shoes we played ball with each other we'd box with each other we did crazy things and uh so i assumed because of these things i was going to have to part but woody asked brian how's danny brian said disappointed disappointed why he works all the time he had no idea works all the time what the hell does that mean i have an opportunity to work in a great movie by woody allen with a great role he had no idea what that would mean to a guy or any actor, any actor. You can't, but he did not promise me to roll, Ron. I want yeah. to make that clear. All he said, you're my ace in the hole. He hired this other guy who was a contained group. He had a group. He performed all over Connecticut, and he wrote his own music. He wrote the song Ajita. Ajita. It's kind of stunt casting that that's he did. absolutely right. And yeah. He felt that he was the guy. There's no question I could have played it. But the question is that he already had built-in material that he mm -hmm. could use in a movie. Because I don't think that guy ever worked before or since. He in, never worked in, since. Yeah, in, in films. <laughs> he got a TV series. <laughs> oh, did he? And it lasted for about a half hour. <laughs> I don't think the pilot was ever finished before yeah. they said they cannot work with him. Not that he wasn't good. <laughs> right. They told me suddenly he became he became Frank Sinatra or, or, or Burt Lancaster. You know what I mean? Like he wasn't this guy. Yeah. Which that is basically right from the movie. The yes. guy who gets a break and it lets it get to his head. That's right, yes. Uh, you get the chance to go out and meet uh, Danny at these book signings tonight. Uh, bookends, Ridgewood, New Jersey. Uh, Wednesday, October 22nd, Barnes & Noble in Staten Island. Friday, October 24th, Barnes & Noble in the Upper West Side. Uh, as Again, these are great stories. and There's so many life lessons in here. And one of my favorite is the fact that you bring up 
you and Sean Penn politically couldn't be further apart, and yet you have this close friendship. Yes, we do. Uh, based on just the connection you guys feel. Yeah, together. and we did Hurley Burley together in California. I was fortunate enough to win Best Act in L.A. Drama Critics, but he should have gotten one, too. But I think they penalize this kid every time they get a ch- uh, an opportunity to do so. Politically, we are so far apart, but I think it's because his father was blacklisted in the 50s. Leo Penn, his dad, a sweet man, actor and a director. And I think he's picked up that because of the way that his father was treated way back then, called the communist and so many other things. So he's always for the little guy. Every opportunity right. he has, he's for the little guy. I, just, I, I disagree with so many of the things because, as you know, I'm a conservative and he, of course, is well, I'm not quite sure what he is, you know. <laughs> but, uh, it could be a liberal. Uh, he certainly is pointed in that direction. But he's a good guy. He's a good guy, and and I trusted him immensely. One one incident occurred. Uh, we're back in New York City. It's in a book. I walk over to him. We're sitting, having something to eat in a restaurant on the West Side, and uh, you see, Hurley Burley was made into a movie. I didn't do the movie. They didn't choose me. They got Chaz Palmateri, uh, and uh, I don't know why that happened, but. I had the feeling when talking to Sean that Sean was somewhat upset about it. He was sitting there and wondering, should he bring it up? Should she? That's what I read. I don't know that to be a fact until I said it. So uh, I knew he wanted to apologize for me to me, and he did. He said, Danny, I'm sorry you didn't get the part. I had nothing to do with it. I couldn't do it. I said, don't worry. I saw the film. <laughs> and it was yeah. bad but uh, i wouldn't say i was happy because of that because sean was in i would have preferred to for it to have been you know terrific and sean really <coughs> acknowledged me as an actor and that made that made a good feeling for me because not everyone is about to tell you if he's an actor yeah that you're good or whatever you do you know it's it, he's made me feel good he's a good guy and he went through hell with madonna well he used to walk through this, you know, if we were on our way to the theater, you'd have the paparazzi, and then you'd have not the paparazzi, but other guys trying to lure him into a fight. They would say things like, I had your wife last night talking about Madonna. Yeah. So we're, do- we're walking to the theater, big line, my son Danny, may he rest in peace, a great stunt coordinator and stuntman, is like in front of us as we're walking. He wasn't stunting, he was just with us, going toward the theater. As he's gone, he heard this guy say, that to Sean. I was, Danny hit the guy with a right hand and dropped him where he was. No one knew who hit him. It was just a straight and kept walking. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's no interruption. You walk, bing, <laughs> down he goes and you keep walking. Like, who did that? That's what was. And that was it. But Sean, Sean's a tough, yeah. tough kid. I'm sitting in uh, Cafe Columbus. Yeah. You remember Columbus, sure. all the actors. That's where we all hung out. And Barishnikov hung out. He owned a piece of the place. So many people. And one day I'm sitting, I'm talking with Mickey. I'm not tra- dropping names. He drops my yeah. name, but I'm Mickey Rock. <laughs> Mickey and I are talking, and in walks Sean. Out of nowhere, he says, you ever fucking... You're allowed to say that. that. Yeah, you're fine. You ever fucking do that again, I'll rip your fucking ass. You ever say anything about my brother Chris again, I'll kill you. Apparently, something must have happened, because Mickey's a stand-up guy. I right. Mean, in terms of fight, he can fight. I don't, He might have been able to kick his ass. I don't know. But the way he attacked him, and, and Mickey took it like a man, so apparently he must have done something where he was guilty, where he would say, 
I can't do anything here because I was wrong. Right. That's the feeling I got with Mickey. But that's a tough kind of kid he is. I'm yeah, talking. I mean, I'm yeah. talking. That kid is Sean. He's a bitch. He's tough. Well, yeah. I mean, Mickey Rourke is a boxer yeah. and uh, that thing. And just to walk in and be ready to throw down, uh, that was amazing. You loved Sean, uh, Chris Penn. Yeah. So you loved Well, him. Chris, Chris played my son in the pickle, Paul Mazursky's movie. He was a sweet kid. Yeah. I love them dearly. I know his other brother, Michael. I'm talking about Sean's great. brother. Yeah, great singer. I didn't know Michael, but he's more of a musician. I loved his father and his mother, Elaine. They were like my family. The mothers, it's, here's an interesting thing, okay? Bobby De Niro, we all take him as an Italian, right? Yeah. He's an Italian. He's about this much Italian. Is that I, right? I got my fingers split <laughs> about an eighth of an inch, right? Sean Penn is more of an Italian than Bobby in terms of who, because Bobby's father was not total Italian. He was half of something else. And the mother was not at all Italian. So that's just a little infinitesimal point, a piece of Italian. But Sean's mother, Elaine, father Irish, Scotch Irish, whatever, yeah. and Elaine was Italian. The yeah, mother. Never so he's out. half Italian. No one yeah. comes out that that kid is Italian. Um, as I said, you can sit here and listen to these stories. Uh, with Danny, and they're always great. I can tell you some dirty ones. <laughs> oh yeah, he's got. If them I was all. a dirty kind of guy, but I'm not. Uh, but but uh, Fez is in there. Fez <laughs> is in there telling me curse more, curse. I can't <laughs> do that, Fez. I'm I sorry, hear the Ron. dirty ones. <laughs> uh, Danny Aiello, the the book. I only know who I am when I'm someone else. There's so many great stories before acting, while he's acting, show business stories. But what comes through is the same thing that people say about Danny when they meet him on the street is that he's a warm guy and he's, you know, always outgoing to people. And, then, and of course, if anyone gives him the slightest bit of shit, he's ready to throw down. But as long as everybody's being respectful, it's going to be a nice day. But you have no problem if there is a problem. You bring it up with you and Bruce Willis. We're very, very good friends. I, I really like Bruce a lot. Yeah. He was a bouncer. He was not a bouncer. He was a bartender yeah. at the Cafe Central. I was acting at the time, and he went over to me a couple of times. Oh, God, some days I, he was studying acting. Yeah. He said, I hope someday we'll work together. So I took that as what actors say to me. Yeah, we'll work together. Oh, yeah, they never do. Very rarely does that happen. Bruce became a huge star. <clears throat> He's doing a movie called Hudson Hawk. Now, at that time, I was signed to do 29th Street, Anthony LaPaglia. It's my favorite movie. It's on my license plate, 29th Street. And uh, Anthony LaPaglia is uh, playing my son. I've signed to do 29th Street. I was making a lot of money to do 29th Street. We get a call from Joel uh, and uh, the producer of it and says, uh, I want Danny. He calls my agent and said, I like Danny in my movie. So he said, well, we can't. You're shooting same time 29th Street is. He said, did you hear what the fuck I said? I said, Danny, I want in a movie with Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis is a star. Do you understand what the fuck I said? And my boy Jimmy Cota, my agent, said, wait a minute. What I just told you, Joel, that Danny is doing 29th Street. He's already signed. Do you understand? It's going the same time as your You're fucking fired. You're fired. You understand? He hangs up, calls up Joe Roth, 20th Century Fox studio boss and says Joel I want Danny Aiello he said well what are you talking about he signed it he's doing a movie 29 so we're in pre-production he said I want him on my he said listen I'm in a lot of money in pre-production I can't let him go how much are you in for 450,000 I'll give you the money give me Danny delay your picture for a while so 
Joe delayed the picture. Joel, I went to to do uh, Hudson Hawk with uh, with my boy Bruce, and what happened was I got paid from two seven fifty and seven fifty seven hundred fifty thousand from two pictures. All I was going to make was seven fifty and one, but because Joel opened up his mouth. Now we're getting along well, Bruce and I. We're shooting Hudson Hawk now. Hudson Hawk. You'll have to forgive me. I thought it was a piece of shit. I didn't know it at the time. I thought it was just, you know, some kind of a comedy. I didn't understand yeah. the comedy, how the writing was. It was kind of weird to me. You know, Sandra Bernhardt was yeah. in it, wonderful. But it was like a weird kind of picture. And and Brian Gumbel is, is uh, he's interviewing me in Italy. And he said, Danny, this what is this comedy about? I said, you tell me. I have no fucking idea what it's about. I have no idea. Anyway, we're doing now. There's a scene in Hudson Hawk. Incidentally, it's a cult favorite on yeah. the Internet, all over television. They love the movie. There's a scene where I'm in a limo. Sort of under arrest. I'm going, and it's going off a cliff. It's going. It goes off a cliff and goes into a ravine about 300 feet down. I'm a dead man. I'm completely dead. Finished. He says to me, "Danny, you know what I want you to do when you come out of the, because I come out alive." He said, <laughs> yeah, he said, "I want you to come out with your hair like electrified and smoke coming out of it." So politely, I said, "Bruce," because I love Bruce. I said, "Bruce." That's not funny. That's comedy time in the Rockies. That fucking Christopher <laughs> Lloyd did that in, in Back to the Future. I'm not going to do something another fucking actor did. So he says, I said, listen, you want to know what's funny, Bruce? My hair quaffed, quaffed after that big fall, quaffed, you understand, with smoke coming out of it. I said, that's funny. I'm paying you a million fucking dollars. It wasn't a million dollars. You know, it wasn't. So I said, I'll tell you what you do. Stick the fucking money up your ass. I'm not doing it. And I'm walking away. Joel Silver, who's the producer, one of the great Danny, what are you doing? He's a fucking star. You're going to do another movie with him. I don't give a fuck. Anyway, Bruce and I talk after that, and he tells me where his head was at, and I tell him where mine is at. I said, Bruce, you got the director on the set. He's directing. You're directing his shit. You, you can't do that. You're giving actors line readings. Do you know what happened? The guy gave me a line. I break his fucking head if he gave me a line reading, telling me how to say a line. That's what you did to me. You did it to me because, and I responded to you because you're my friend. You took advantage of me. He walks away in the middle of this heated discussion, and I throw a right hand to a fucking camp. Bam! And I broke my hand. The fortunate thing is I didn't know my hand was broke. It was a simple fracture on the outside. It didn't even need a cast. But when I went home, that's when we found out it was broke. Here's the sadness. I loved the guy. I loved his mother. I loved his brother, his brothers. David was his producer. Bobby died prematurely, the poor kid. And it kills me. If I never worked with him again, that would have been all right. But I like Bruce. Bruce is a good guy. And this thing, you know, when you come into a setup, like contracts are the same way. When you're disagreeing on the contract, arguments sure. ensue. When you're doing a movie in between two actors, these things occur. And I said to him, why do you interfere so much with the director? I told the kid, the director, I said, why don't you quit? He says, quit? Not for the money I'm making. <laughs> Let him direct it. I don't give a shit. But but anyway, that that was it. And I just want to leave. By, I said that yeah. in the book as well, that, that I, I really cared for Bruce. And he made himself a huge star, you know. 
These are the kind of stories you get, Danny Aiello. I only know who I am when I'm someone else. Make sure you go out and say hi to Danny. You can see him at these uh, book signings. Tonight, bookends in Ridgewood, New Jersey. Then Wednesday, October 27th at Barnes & Noble in uh, Staten Island. And then Friday, October 24th at Barnes & Noble in the Upper West Side. And let's play some of your music. You get something new out too, right? Can I just say this to you? I just say that Barnes & Noble, I don't know if I mentioned to you, they read the galleys, and yeah. all over the country, I made the holiday table. I didn't know what that oh, meant. Oh, that's fantastic. The meaning, October 28th to December 31st, we're in the front. That I'm excited when by it. When you're looking I, for Christmas presents for whatever, is. this is perfect if there's, a, if there's a movie fan in your family, this is the book for him because the yeah. the backstage stuff and everything is just great. Yeah, and this the, you just mentioned the music. Yeah. yeah, this just came out. It's called Blues Times Two. Now a lot of people don't know that I do blues, but my boy, uh, mm-hmm. my buddy Lou Baldinari, who does so many things for me, said you can do blues. You can do blues. So this is it. This is what's there. I'll see you next time, Danny. Okay, I love you, and thank you, you Fez. Time. Thank you all. Thank you very much, Ron.
my pistol Time to show these fools what time it is Run zero Fez eight six six Run zero Fez. Our buddy Danny Aiello in here. We're the same cold as us, Chris. I know. We know we're doing it right. We're, <laughs> we're rocking the Danny Aiello cold. We're in good cold company. Yeah. I. It's so crazy that Danny Aiello comes in. It's like knows us and here's the thing is friend. Why does Danny Aiello love us and fucking Shelby hate us? That I don't get. Do you know how fucking cool Danny Aiello is? He's the coolest. I love those stories where I fucking said to Bruce. That Hudson Hawk story? Yeah. Crack it. I love that Hudson Hawk story. This is Hawk my story. favorite thing. <laughs> now that I'm supposed to get 750 for once, now I'm getting twice. That's fucking 1.5. <laughs> in my pocket. <laughs> At the same time. <laughs> oh, man, Danielle, he's, he's the man. I he's love talking him. He's talking $19.92. Yeah. So that's nice. It's big cash. You like Hudson Hawk? Yeah, I like Hudson Hawk. I'm gonna it's fucking fun. tell you something. It's stupid, but I never turn it off, <laughs> and I enjoy it. It reminds me of like an old Matt Helm movie from the '60s. It's just a it's a crazy movie. He was right. Who knows what's going on? But I love Sandra Bernhardt in that movie too. Yeah. I got the power. Oh hell yeah! That's my favorite part of the whole movie. I just want to watch her go off and do shit. Um, and now look, we're buddies with Danny Aiello, and we're buddies with Sandra Bernhardt. Things are getting weird. Well, that's not weird, Chris. This is the fucking place you should have been the whole time, all right? If you weren't an orphan, this would have right. been the world you should have been born into. All right, Shelby, we're bringing you up again. Chris has been, I've been talking about you. We're at, the, we're at our fucking wit's end with you. Here's what you got to understand. Fez has already driven us bananas, so we don't know what to do. All right, we're bloodshot. We brought you in to help. You're turning into 2.0. Yeah. Even those short kind of answers. I'm, I'm not... I'm trying not to, but I'm just trying to get it, get all my shit together. But why do you speak so short and clippy? That's what Fez does. Yeah. He speaks in a way like he doesn't want to talk. Do you not know what to say? I do. I just want to say the right thing sometimes. So, No, I you don't say the up. right thing. You got to fucking do the right thing. Okay? You know who said that? Uh, Spike Lee. Yeah, and who was in that fucking movie? Who ran Who ran Sal's Pizzeria? Daniel Aiello. Yeah, can I tell you something? These kids, they were raised on my food. My food. 
from this place that I built with my bare hands. I like that movie. He didn't like that movie when it first came out. He had to turn around and that he liked it. <laughs> he didn't like uh, Moonstruck because he thought he ended up looking like a fucking idiot. I love Moonstruck. It was his first role that he didn't play like a tough guy and it made him nervous. <laughs> Isn't that funny though? Like sometimes the best work people do at first they're like, no, I don't think so. I'm unsure of this. Uh, I'm asked Dane Cook and then I guess the Russell Brand I'm asked is is out somewhere. That yeah. will air, but we also have Dick Cavett coming up on Monday, and we still have tickets available for that. Just go to the iBang for more information on that. Okay, do you know when I did the plug for that? How long ago I did a plug? A couple... No. I, I, I might have been switching over. Yeah, it was while you were switching over. So I just did a plug. Now, who else tries to force a plug wherever they can? Uh, Chris? No, it's Fez. Fez 1.0, okay? The original model. And now you're doing it now. Instead of having a conversation with me, you'll go into, that is coming up, but Dick Cavett is not going to be here. Beep, boop, boop. Yeah, uh, the... I not. Um, Jack, you're on the Run and Fez show. Yeah, hey, Ronnie. Yeah. Hey, that Danny Aiello, man, he's like a great guy and he has some great stories, but that story of you blowing that cigar smoke into that lady's face is <laughs> wondering if you could possibly retell it. No, I'm not going to retell it because you know what? I'm not even overly proud of it. Oh, it was great. But. I'm not even fucking. I'm not even joking about this. That if I didn't blow cigar smoke like that, I might have smacked her. She was. I, a, she was. Now, what's the story? The kids are calling it a basic fucking a, bitch. A basic bitch. She yeah. She was a basic bitch. The most basic of, of bitches. Yeah. And when she saw a great, I she was just a bad person. And the guy that she was with, whether it was a boyfriend or a husband, you saw that he was trying to slink away like he was embarrassed by her. But you know what? It's a reflection on you, sir. You're with a basic bitch. You like being with a basic bitch, buddy? What's a basic bitch mean again? Alright, as far as I can tell, yeah. a basic bitch is like a square. I've seen like lists of what basic bitches do. It's like wear Uggs and like earn sororities. Apparently only women can be a basic bitch. As far that's like the new that's the new slang the new slang the kids are throwing out there these days is calling things a basic bitch. But then I was on line in a supermarket yesterday, and I heard someone say, "Oh my God, pumpkin spice Milano's how basic." So now it's just being used on like items as instead of just human beings. At first it was just, it was just like like just women just being catty with each other. Well, yeah, now they're making products for basic. People, well, they, I guess they Bitches. consider all, like, just the stuff for, I guess it's, it basically means white people, just white girls, basically, that you see on every college campus. You're just the basic, you just do everything that everybody else does. It's kind of a, it's the new insult that... So it's a square, yeah. you're just a square, right? The square is you're an L7. <laughs> yeah, like square, but I think of square more like a nerd... Basic. That's like nerds there's, aren't there's squares. Nothing about you. You're just, just run of the mill. There's You're just an average fucking Joe. You're vanilla. You're milk toast. You know. 
You're good phone. Scott, you're on the Manifest Show. Hey, Ronnie B., what's up, brother? Hey. Hey, you're number one. I just got to get that off my chest first and foremost. You're the greatest interviewer ever. Um, You know, I need to update this basic thing. Stanley, fucking basic. Now, I can't get too loud here. Fuck you, Stanley. Now, I'm sitting in uh, some place. I'm in the airport. They keep dropping my friggin' uh, flight here. I'm in Philly, Ron. Yeah. I thought of you. I called you up because, you know, Philly. I'm from Albany, but uh, anyway, fuck Ron. Not Ron. I'm sorry. I hit just the bar. not freaked out. I understand. You know what the fuck you're doing. Enjoy yourself. This guy's basic. Yeah. No, you're basic. Stanley, you jerk off. All right, everybody's so basic. Why does he, he hate me so much? He's Danny just... Aiello. Let me get to Danny Aiello. The best Danny Aiello flick ever? Dinner Rush. Everybody loves Danny. Danny never saw that. I actually never seen Dinner Rush. I love Danny Aiello. Yeah. Uh, you were just at the. Oh, you didn't go to that dinner with us. We went to the dinner from Dinner Rush. Uh, when oh, Biel Biel? was here in the summer. That was that fucking weekend. You wouldn't tell us what you were doing. It's, something personal stuff. And yeah, did it just, all get worked out? Yeah. In the end, yeah, it did get worked out. Something to do with your chick's family, you said. Yeah. Said some personal business. Yeah. She, and you, he actually says this. He goes, I ain't close enough with you. <laughs> and... Um, I'm not. I don't have the fucking kind of relationship where I would share my personal life. I said I understand. I would never refuse to go out to dinner. It was just the one time, bad timing. That was all it was. Mike in Boston, you're on the Ron Fez show. Ronnie B, Centaur fan since day one. I'm uh, just wondering, uh, how much does Fez get paid for not talking? He gets sixteen dollars an hour. Fuck yeah! Holy shit! So he's doing well for himself. He gets the fucking 16. I always wondered, too. So. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of light. You fucking hang yourself with a belt. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I've never asked. <laughs> yeah, it's smart not to. <laughs> Do me a favor and put back our mantra, the girl flapping her big ass fucking cheeks. It's calming and it arousing calming. at the same time. It's a twofer. Two for Tuesday. Oh, don't worry about Fez. He'll be talking his ass off after the show today. Boom, boom, boom. Tomorrow morning, 7 o'clock, I start my new show, Bennington. On Opie Radio. Now, am I using the our phone number or Opie's phone number? Opie's phone number. Why? That's how the system's set up for the timing of that number. So that- are you saying that no time could anybody ever change the number? At this point, they yeah, it's still it's still it's still that number. It's still yeah, set I know at this point. But what about the point by tomorrow? I could talk to engineering. I will talk to engineering. In other words, this is the first time it ever even occurred. Yes, you gave me a oh, this is the way life is. Nothing could ever change. I like that Danny Aiello though. You know what? My parents, their favorite person, my parents, their favorite favorite people ever on the show is Danny Aiello. Remember the first time Danielle came in here? Yeah, I remember that. In Christmas, and he sang right here for it. I, I, yeah. was, I couldn't believe it was happening. Yo, chips, <laughs> son of a bitches, you don't give me an orchestra. It's great. I loved it. One of my favorite. And now he's back saying, I love you, kid. Weird. It just weirds me out. It's so cool. You're fucking cool. Thank you. What are we waiting for here? They're coming down the hall. Oh, Jesus. Jeffrey time? Yeah. 
Gur. I saw him in your fucking shit yesterday, right? Yeah. He, he, what was that about? Oh, because he, I didn't let him know that Russell Brand unmasked was happening. So he wasn't here for Russell Brand, so he was very perturbed. Yeah, he was a little annoyed with you. Yeah, I know, yeah. He said, like, just let me know. Why won't you let me know? Where's the list? At? Why aren't I on the list? If, we don't have a list. No, you go to RonandFezShow.com. There's a list. You would have seen Russell Brand unmasked. I told him, go to the Ron. He's like, do I have to check it every day? I was like, it's just a website, Jeffrey. Well, it was getting ugly between you It guys. was. It was getting weird. I was like, come on, man. I told you where to go. You got an Internet Explorer. Somebody has an Internet Explorer? I believe so. I believe that's the web browser he uses. I'm hungry today. We got shit to do after the show, too, right? Yeah, we got a little something to do after, yeah. What are we doing? We're doing this and that and the other two more things? Yeah, we got, we're got we doing a lot of things every day, all day. It's true. We're doing a lot of stuff. <laughs> Maybe we're doing too much stuff. But it's a lot of good stuff, well, though. Yeah, I know. It's a lot of good stuff. But let's cut some things out. Um, Like, what shows are we doing? We're doing uh, Ron Bangton interviews. Bangton? Ron Bennington interviews. Bennington. 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 Unmasked. The Ron and Fez show. Bennington tomorrow on the Opie Channel. Opie why, Radio. Why don't we cut out something and give us a little more time? Let's cut out the Ron and Fez show. No. Fezzy's not in a good mood. Shelby doesn't fucking like it. And you said you, you've you got to get past something. Because I said, I need you to work with Shelby or else he's got to hit the fucking bricks. And you said you got to get past something with him. Yeah, my dislike for him. I have to, I have to just work or just find a place to work with him, where I think he's listening to me, and I, and I realize he's listening to me. Shelby, you realize that this fucking drunk gets along with everybody. You know what I mean? And you're the only guy he doesn't get along with. Well, fucking Mooch was around here. He used to farm around like a goddamn puppy dog. Love Mooch, good man. Um, Davy Mac is insane. And <laughs> most people hate him. Yeah. And and Chris would lay his life down for the guy. I never see Chris saying, I don't like people. Um he likes Gurry and Gurry treated him like a bitch yesterday in front of everybody. I was really not happy about that. Did you feel like you had treated like a bitch? I felt like he was disrespecting me in front of all my coworkers. Okay, we'll bring that up because it's time to jump around. Why do you have that, Jeffrey? Because you jump around? Because I, I tend to jump around. By the way, did you get to see Danny Aiello? I did, yeah. Well, it was so cool. I ran into him. He gave me a copy of his book. Did he sign it to you? So we said, he did. Yeah, he did sign it to me. We took some pictures. What did he say? Uh, he said, you're a great guy, my friend forever. Oh, that's really nice. Isn't that nice? That's sweet. He I said, love well, him. we go back, man. We go back a long way. Yes. And he's uh, a, a fund of stories, right? Did he tell a lot of stories? Well, I read his book. His book is filled with them, and he's, you know, a lot of them from your old uh, hangout there with him. What was that, the Columbus Cafe? Uh, what was the bar? Oh, oh, yeah, Columbus Cafe. Yeah, that's yeah. when we first met, man, back in the 80s. Yeah. That was the hot spot. There's never been another place like it, by the way, in New York. I wonder what it is. 
It well, was the owners. Know. They just drew, you know, the Herman brothers who owned it, and and they just they knew everybody, and Bruce Willis and Schwarzenegger and Stallone and Jeffrey. Know, let's do this. Let's yeah. raise some money and let's open up a spot. For inside people, and it'll all be about people you know, because you know everybody. <laughs> Between the two of us. Yeah. You jump yeah. around the tables. Just, <laughs> with, all, yeah. with all the unmasks you've had. And I have to give you props yesterday. I, I, I don't know if you've said it or people talked about it, but the Dane Cook unmasked was incredible yesterday. A lot of people said to me this. They go, we thought we were going to see Dane Cook, the guy from TV. We didn't even know who that Dane Cook was on stage, because well, he was open and honest. Open and honest vulnerable. and vulnerable. That was yeah. the word I was going to use. Very vulnerable. Vulnerable, talked so honestly about his life and told you stuff. Well, you know what it is because uh, I always say this, but it's true. You create a safe place for people, and they feel it. Not anymore. They feel though. it. Not, not anymore. But not today. As the, of today, the end it's of a the... dangerous place. Who do you have with you today? I have very special guests. <laughs> <laughs> not that I never bring in special guests, yeah. but today uh, I refer to them as a phenomenon because they have fans all over the world. These people, and they go by the name. Uh, well, I'll, let me say this first. It's the only time I I ever had to coach. Chris on how to say the guest name. <laughs> he called me up. He goes, "How do you say that?" I'm like, "Chemda." It's Keith and the girl. Keith, Keith and the girl. These, and, and by the Kalili. way, these these folks are infamous because you started podcasting. I don't know. I didn't have audio on my computer at the time. I think when you guys <laughs> were podcasting. How far back does it go now? We we started in 2005. We're going to celebrate our 10 year anniversary in March. No, do you hate that everybody else is podcasting now? Uh, no, no, I think bigger names podcasting uh, gets more attention to it, yeah. which is never a yeah. bad thing. It took a long time for people to take, to take podcasting seriously or to to decide that it really is a genuine medium that you know mm-hmm. uh, advertisers and and uh, the guests should take more seriously. It's it. I think it brings more genuine followers to the guests that we have on. Mm-hmm. It is funny the radio shows that uh, made fun of podcasting, and now they get, quite frankly, a little nervous. <laughs> so some of the radio shows early on made fun of podcasting. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. of course, yeah. Yeah. of course. Now, see, here's the thing, though. Now everybody who listened to you podcasting. Now they have their own podcast. That's the that's the thing. There's some at some point you have to say not everyone can podcast. I think at some point, you know, everybody pursuing any kind of crazy crazy career says uh-huh. that to themselves. Stand ups must say that all the time with yeah. all the new people coming in uh, to open mics and deciding that they could do this thing because all you need is your body in a space, you know. Right. And so here, all you need is your computer and you turn on a couple things and you're podcasting. But I think that uh, I think the audience can differentiate. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, I think it, I think the most annoying thing in the world is like when some open mic guy says to Louis C.K., "Oh, I'm a comic too," and you're like, right. "No, <laughs> you something different." You got five minutes, <laughs> and you struggle with that. You struggle with the five that you have. Mm-hmm. So, how did you guys meet Jeffrey? How, the, how does anybody meet That's Jeffrey? Exactly, it's a really good point. <laughs> he flies in. I, yeah. I don't. I don't. I, how did we meet you? I don't know. He's there. And He's you know just him. in people's lives. <laughs> yeah. I remember though. It, it was yeah. interesting. I heard from their publicist, and they were celebrating a couple of years ago. They were celebrating every year that they have like a week celebration, and she w- said to me, "E A K." 
A double. Okay, I don't know what kind of celebra- one. No, it's a very strong celebration, actually. It's and nicknamed I went out, shitty celebration. Yeah. I don't often leave Manhattan, but it sounded interesting, and I went out there, and I was blown away. I mean, people flew in from Australia, from Europe, from Asia. I'm like, what is this? It was a. The, I, that's why I refer to it as a phenomenon, because I'm supposed to know stuff, and I'm like, this was crazy. But then, then Jeffrey, you missed out. And then I became a. And then I, I, I was a, a guest on their show. But he spent the first night when we when we met. He came to our show. He spent the first night standing next to me, going, "What is this? What is it? <laughs> what are you doing?" And I'm like, "You just you just saw the show." <laughs> yeah, but why are all these people here? Who are you? And it's the middle of the show. What is this? <laughs> yeah, right in the middle. No, and I was asking people like, "What is it that drew you to?" travel to such lengths and most people said because the of hair. their honesty oh yeah the honesty, the honesty. <laughs> one girl said that she had never come out in her life but she had she, she got the courage to come out uh in her sexuality because of listening to the show because they have a very interesting mm, background. yeah but it's easy for girls to come out i think you know what i mean <laughs> yeah, no, one, no one judges them that. because of that. no one ever I was says, like that's great yeah, that's, <laughs> it's really hot <laughs> exactly <laughs> no one judges anyone like that but but it is a very welcoming show we had a blast by the way speaking of uh ladies and danny aiello he loves the ladies oh yeah right yeah he paid no mind to you I, the guys <laughs> get the finger points hey good luck or whatever hey. and the girls they get the hugs and the five italian kisses around the face oh yeah i got kisses he's old nice. school yeah yeah i didn't get a book and i got kisses <laughs> yeah yeah well jeffrey are you going to read the book or is oh, it just sure. something you take home no i'm going to read the book absolutely mm. and i'm going to write about it too <laughs> you doubt it no i doubt it because i know it has great stories he even said to me because there's a lot of people in the book that you know yeah so i'm um, i'm sure i will read it yeah. <laughs> That's I won't read it. I'm gonna give you a little quiz next week. Quiz next week. Yeah. Okay. It's a Chachki. Okay. That's yeah. it. that book. And I better not get a, a bill from Danny on <laughs> that book. Hey, we saw Fez for a second. Did, yeah. Is it weird that he's in the building, but he's not on a microphone with you? Does that? Does that? I yeah, I see him, but does that bug you out? Yeah, like, it's very strange. Yeah. Did you so, ever talk to him about it? No. That's so. Do you know that's strange? What, that we never talk yeah. about it? <laughs> well, see, the thing is, I was raised in an Irish family. Right. And we were always told, you wake up in the morning, and the china closet is, you know, busted on the floor. You don't say anything. You just sit you, down. You don't ask any questions. You don't ask any questions. You, you just, just down keep and eat going about your day. Yeah, yeah that's what, my life on? as a Middle Eastern Jew female yeah. Yeah, raised in Queens. So you find you find it odd for the co-host not to be in the room. I... I, I yeah, uh, yeah. I think it gives me an opportunity to fart, and like at least one of the co-hosts will still like me. Okay, you know that's nice. Different room. Yeah. yeah. You see, well, I, I brought Fez a gift. It was on your recommendation, but yeah. he can't open it. I suppose. So if you want to open it for him, this is a gift for Fez. It's a gift for Fez. Uh, you know, I know he had his uh, his health issues, and uh, maybe that'll straighten things out. This is uh, this is very very nice. Now you gave him a this, neti pot. Uh, neti pot, which, by the way. I am now addicted to Natty Pots. Doesn't it bug you out a little bit? It did at first. I yeah. felt like I was being waterboarded. Yeah. The first two times, I'm like, I can't stand this. But now, like any addictive personality, I'm like, I can't wait to do my neti pot again. <laughs> Maybe I can do 15 neti pots a day. Oh, you're dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a, I don't it, even it's know a, what it is. This is something is you you pour. This is why you you know when you get sick, you're sick for weeks at a time. Yeah, and you I know was you. sick for minutes. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, it was. Phenomenal. I always wondered that about you. You just bounce right back. 
because of this. I would not have been able to do the, the two on mass without the, this is the first week I used it. Really? And who recommended it? Uh, that was... Why are you being so tense over there with your hands like that? It's a very, it's a, it's an unforgiving. It, it doesn't feel good. posture. Yes. <laughs> because you know, because yesterday we were having with Jeffrey outside the unmasked. When Jeffrey got so so annoyed with me. Oh, when Jeffrey said that you did invite him to Russell Brand unmasked. Yeah, oh, I didn't get annoyed. I don't think said I didn't know about it. No, no, I did. And that would have been one it. that you would have liked. Yeah, I would have liked it. Yeah. <laughs> it seemed like it's, he seemed annoyed to me. So great. I, as opposed to the others, I like them all, but I would have loved to come. Yeah, I would have loved. I didn't. Why didn't you? Why didn't you invite Jeffrey? You just go to the Ron and Show dot com, and all of the masks coming up are right there. I've told Jeffrey that before. Yeah, but why not just take a second to say to him? By the way, next. Uh, There's Tuesday. a lot of stuff going on, and I didn't. I slipped my mind to personally invite Jeffrey Gurry into the mask. I want you to invite Jeffrey. I want that to be your thing. There's a lot of stuff going on. I look, you know. What, can I tell you something? What yeah. have we gotten Keith and the girl here today? No, Nothing. we won't. So it's not my place to say. Do you want to apologize to Jeffrey? <laughs> it might be a nice idea, Keith, if he did. <laughs> no, Thank Jeffrey's you. not apologizing Thank to me. Thank you. This seems right. You know what? You're good. This you're isn't my house, but it seems right. No, but you're good. You you come in here and you see some things mm -hmm. aren't working, and you're pointing them out. That's nice. <laughs> I got to start and get Fez in the room because that's odd. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. Why is it so weird? Fez isn't here. Kemp right. that doesn't say to me, I, I'm not going to be in the room today. And I go, well, of course not. Why, you know, that's your right. He said that to you? said, I'm not going to be no, in the no, room? No, no, I'm saying oh. I wouldn't say to, oh, Kenda yeah. wouldn't say to me, I'm not right. going to be in the room during Keith and the girl. But yeah. she wishes, you know. But I mean, there's a lot of times, like, let's say you would go see Simon and Garfunkel. Right. Garfunkel wouldn't be there. Sometimes people, like, I saw him, he was getting a hot dog Well, or somebody should tell you they broke up. Mm, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. I didn't know that, see? Um... Jeffrey, let yes. me apologize for you. No, don't, oh, don't. I, I'm never, I'm never upset with Chris. Yeah, he works so hard here. Hey, your voice went up a little yeah, bit, yeah, Jeffrey. Yeah. Yeah. He's, mock, bit. he's mocking me, isn't he? And how yeah, does he work hard? Not. not telling people what big events are. No, I would have liked it if he had told me. But, but I guess, like you know, look at him. I can't see. I can't see because he's behind a monitor. I can see. I can see you, Jeffrey. You can feel it, can't you? I can feel it. It's uncomfortable. Yeah. But here's the other thing. This is why I was thinking about it too. I think you and Russell Brand would have really hit it off because you that. remind me of each other, and it would have been a great thing. Look, I would have liked to be there. I'll be there yeah. at the next one. Well, when's Russell Brand going to do it again? Be it's kind of lame. Yeah. You know? It's so. Here's I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you this like Russell mm -hmm. Brand story. Yeah. So uh, we're going from the green room to the audience, and the audience is basically hearing like, ladies and gentlemen, the show is starting, and we're leaving the green room. And it probably took us 15 minutes to make it, because if Russell sees anyone, he stops, mm. and he just, hello, love, <laughs> oh, really? you've got a little necklace on, haven't you? you know? <laughs> He's just, anything that he sees, you know, and you talk about being He's easily distracted, yeah. yeah. He touched every woman, we're talking with a nun, you know what I mean? Like, he stopped a nun, and he, I'm not, making, mouth. I'm, not, her. I'm not making this up, he got her email, and she was blushing and giving really? her email, yeah, and he goes, like, it's because I love the Lord, and he's showing off tattoos <laughs> and different things. And we're, lit we're literally late for this. And he has a guy to watches out for him, you know, like a security mm -hmm. guy, that even while we're in with the audience, stood there and, like, just looked at the audience. And I'm like, are they that worried that someone is going to bum rush Russell? Yeah. And then I figured it out. No, it's his job to keep... <laughs> making sure Russell doesn't put his hand in a fucking fire. That Russell doesn't, you know, 
get in a stranger's car and go drive the dog. <laughs> it's, no. I like being with a toddler. And I mean, he's amazingly <laughs> funny and amazingly thing. bright guy. And he's really great. But you've never seen anyone who acts like he just landed on the planet Earth and is going to explore. Well, Katy Perry must have hated that, man. That's their personal Come on, life. man. Yeah, I shouldn't have said That's that. That's their uh, personal life. Wow. Well, he's <laughs> angry. He's you angry. Don't get hurt. Um, yeah, I just like to bring I never up ask you about things. you and some of the many attractive <laughs> black girls that I always see you with. Thank you for that. And some Asian. Some Asian as well, yeah, yeah but yeah. I never... That's Let's talk about it. She's my favorite. Right? <laughs> yeah. But I know you don't like to talk about who you're with, and you don't. You say you never bring them up with each other. Yeah, I never do. No. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't it's even tell a, them. It's a point of etiquette. Did the model come into town? No. 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 Never made it to the plane. Yeah, we knew. And don't know even... <laughs> don't know anything about... Yeah. What happened? Crazy story. This is a world famous model that you haven't talked to in many years. And he's like, he calls me up and he goes, I'm going to tell you this situation and then I want your advice. So I listen but to I the said host. I'll tell you in confidence. Oh, you are? <laughs> yeah, but we're not giving away who No, that's okay. Right. So I, I, I go at the end. I go, Iman? Definitely. Yeah, it was kind of Iman ish. Right. So I go like this Definitely no. Do not do it. It's just going to lead to more chaos. And he goes like this. Yeah, I'm going to do it. <laughs> and I'm like, I have I, no why, choice. Why ask for advice? Yeah. But you, you just can't no, stop I, yourself. It was one of those unusual opportunities. And I mm -hmm. thought, hey, why not? You know? And right. So maybe I learned the lesson. No. You never know. I don't think men Probably learn lessons not, with women. I don't, men, I don't, I don't, don't. think when men, you, when you learn a lesson, you we're don't weak. Go. You know? You think men, men are weak? Men are strong, but we're, but we're weak did when you it comes play, to women. Did you pay for the plane? Yeah, I do. Oh, yeah. that, that's what you mean no, by that. And you know what? I originally said, you know, you get the ticket and I'll reimburse you when you get here. Because I had a feeling that something could go wrong. Right. But then I thought to myself, okay, well, I'm just going to do it. That's yeah. all. Fuck it. Did she know you weren't going to the Russell Brand show after all? Yeah. <laughs> that would have been great. No, Chris told her that, though. I had no idea what you're saying. See, when I fly women in, it's only on a prop plane. I tell them okay. that all the time. I go and fly I usually in. use a glider. Yeah. But then you have to wait for a wind, and it's, you know, it could take it's a long easy. time. It's not easy at all. Traveling across country on a glider. You ever do that? Uh, no. When you guys, no, when you no guys, one did. <laughs> no. I've never, never known a person in a glider. I don't even know what, you're what is a glider. The glider is they take it up by another plane, uh, takes this thing off. It's like a paper airplane. They, and then they let go of it. And then you just glide around. And they say it's wonderful because you don't hear an engine. It's just the, the quietness of you gliding around. Oh. And then you land. A lot of people do it upstate. Do you know when else you don't you hear an engine? When, when your plane's going down. Well, yeah, yeah, that would make you me You sacrifice a, a lot of amenities when you travel by glider. Oh, that's true. The they, they don't they show a film. <laughs> they show slides on a glider. Yeah. Hey, who do you think the most famous plane crash victim is all time? Amelia Earhart. Really? If you ask me. I was going to go Buddy Holly. I'm easily swayed. Buddy Holly. Buddy Holly. What about because Aaliyah? Aaliyah. John, so F. That, that was, you know, John F. Kennedy Jr. John F. Kennedy Jr. Oh, yeah, wow. came to me. Yeah. That was a good one, Fez. See, sometimes he adds stuff. I he see. Just, I get it. He doesn't have to be here. <laughs> I freaked that morning. Um, but Aaliyah, yeah. I was on a plane when I heard about Aaliyah. That was the weird thing there. Hmm. And then I was, uh, and that was very big, but it's been forgotten about because she was a pop star at the time. Oh, and then 9-11 happened right after that. 9-11, I must say. Yeah. When's, uh, when's the final answer? Well, 9-11 was on purpose, though, right? Right. I mean, those guys were accidentally born, probably. Accidentally born, you don't think... Oh, I see. 
because you're from Middle East, 9-11 comes up. You're like, look, you know what? Let's play this down. <laughs> really doesn't matter who did it. What do you think, Chris? I was going to say the Big Bopper. He was fucking the opening act. There was <laughs> Reggie Valens went on next, and then Buddy Hall. Do you know how many hit songs Big Bopper had? One. One. You and don't even know his real name. Chantilly Lace? Yeah. Was that it was Chant- actually Bob Bopper. Mm. I don't know how people don't bring... Was yeah, that the Chantilly- song Chantilly Lace? Yeah. I remembered one thing. I can't believe it. You you are a fun... You know everything. I've never no, 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 I just heard anybody go, mention anything that you didn't know. I, I just know something about that plane. I forgot to tell you this. So yeah. what's the thing that you... Who's the person you hate being compared to? In the, in, in the whole world, if someone says you look like someone. Oh, Phil Spector? <laughs> so I'm at the MS at Caroline's yesterday, and a guy comes up to me and he goes, Is that Phil Spector? And I said, yeah, No, that's his prison. son. Yeah. I said, That's his son, Bill Spector. <laughs> they let him out of prison just to come to this unmasked because they knew how special it was yeah. going to be. But you, you despise when people say that. No, it's part of my act. I actually yeah. use it. I just don't like when strangers say it because it's weird to walk up to somebody in the street that you don't know sure. and tell them who you think they look like. It's like, or people will say, do you know who you look like? And I'll be like, no. And then they'll say that and I'm like, who is that? Well, what is worse for you? Being, saying you look like Phil Spector or being told you look like Alan Spector? Okay, it's a senator. Oh, Arlen, Arlen Spector. Arlen Spector. Arlen Thank Spector. you. I said Alan. I fucked up. That's okay. Chris, you're yeah. entitled. Edit that. Okay. Out of the live show. I don't know how to. I can't. There's a lot going on. There's a lot <laughs> happening over there. Did yeah. the model think you were Phil Spector? And then found out otherwise. No, no right? That'd be ridiculous. No, okay. Just, just checking. Just well, saying. at least people tell you look like famous people. People tell me I just look like their buddy, and then they end it there. And I'm like, I don't even know how you feel about that <laughs> yeah. person. You just stopped me to tell me that I look familiar to you. Have a great day. Yeah, exactly. It's weird when people feel the need to come up and comment on your appearance at all, right? People Who come do they up tell to me you and- you look like, Keith? Uh, any white... Any KKK member. Any white, bald guy. <laughs> Um, the, who's the guy that got in Full Metal Jacket? The guy that went crazy. Oh, uh, D'Onofrio. Yeah, uh, yeah. D'Onofrio played him. I get. I look like him. Uh, I don't know who else, but any white guy. The that's Ricky bald. Gervais uh, producer too that they do all this stuff with. Carl. Yeah, Carl. Yeah, I right. see that. Yeah, and it's only because of hair. Yeah, I shave my head, and uh, so that's it. And you shave your head, and you don't even need to, right? I don't think I need to. I have a widow's peak, but it it would cover up. I sure. find it so freeing to shower, get out of a pool, and live my life, and go on. It's a it's the best thing I did in we my were life. About and then my wife about doing this as a show. Just everyone on the show just shave their head. Mm-hmm. I'm ready. Yeah, what a great idea. Well, you got nothing. You know, th- this is nothing but hair. People are going to love your hair forever. <laughs> People ask me to touch my hair, yeah. like just if online. They can touch it. Yeah, just can I touch your hair? Does that bother you? No, but you know, there's product in there, so I'm like, it, you know, it's it's up to you. Do you want to get some product on your on your hands? But I feel like, yeah, go ahead. At least you're not t- asking to so touch my hands. It's weird because you can't even see that there's product there. Like, you know. Yeah, you would think with all this frizziness, yeah, it would just be natural. No, it's it's the weather. So you guys used to date, right? Yeah. Before you did the show? And we don't? <laughs> yes. Uh, before we did the show, we dated. We did the podcast. We broke up as, as we were doing it, a couple years into it. And uh, even the day we broke up, we did a show that day because we felt we didn't have the right to take a day off. And uh, Yeah, an, yeah. Hour, an hour after we broke up, we were live on air. No, you don't. 
You guys are just cool with each other now. You don't yeah, mind it, it is very, most of the time. I, yeah. I, 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 it is very strange, and we are proud of ourselves that we can keep it going. It is our baby in a sense. Uh, but of course, you know, we're human, and during the breakup and doing the show, it was very tense. And I think the relationship, and kind of thinks so too, I speak for her, the relationship uh, went on longer than it should have because we are doing our show. We are for an hour having good conversation, and dealing with each other laugh, right? Making each other laugh. And then, you know, the show will be done. And so we'd, we'd be fighting. Ways. We'd be like, not, we, we don't really fight as a, a personality, but we'd be on each other's nerves all day. And then we'd be doing a show. We get so confused because everything is going so well. And, oh yeah, no, Keith makes me laugh. He's the best. It's, it's so fun. And then the on-air sign would turn off and then slowly that anger would start coming back. But it would just, since we do a show five days a week, it would just keep reminding us, no, we, I think, I think I do like this guy. I think this is working well. So it takes way too long to break up. You know, does it ever bother you to see you happy with someone else though when you look over? Better her than me. Yeah. <laughs> see, like, even if I see uh, an old high school girlfriend right. and in the mall she's with her husband of 20-some years and their four kids, I'll, go be, I'll be like this. So who's this dude? You know what I mean? Like, it's just, <laughs> like the whole yeah. what's his story? Yeah. You know, it's like uh, I, I, I feel like there it's a continuation of cheating. Like, uh, <laughs> decades long. Aha! I've got you! If I you knew your kid was graduating from make, college. She did all that just to make you jealous. I don't think she's totally she happy, married. though. I don't think she's totally... I think she's fucking, you know, lying to herself. You know? I see her posts yeah. every day. Are you yeah. allowed to be happy with four kids? They say like um, that that's the new stalking, is checking people's Facebook from years ago that it, you used to It's tempting. I, yeah. I was looking up somebody I dated in high school just the other day, just because. It's, it's right there. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, she got fat and good. Yeah, like Shannon. people get fat. Yeah. 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 But it mean, doesn't mean she's going to stay fat, though. Yeah, that's how they do. It's still there. Yeah, but you got to hold on to what you got. <laughs> what about you? You you actually are friends with your ex's husband, right? Yeah, yeah. We I get along with my ex, and uh, and it's great, man. I have a big extended family. They swap scarves and everything. Yeah, very comfortable. Nice. No, he's a good guy. You know, it was a, a lucky situation that it worked out that way. But I don't check. Nice. I don't check people's Facebook pages because I know I can tend to be obsessive, and once you start doing that, I, c I can tell by the way I handle my smartphone. I'm always on it. But have you ever seen anyone who wasn't on their phone? By the way, no. <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's not it's a given now. Yeah, it's, it's not, not worth possible. talking about. Yeah, because then yeah, they're you know? trying to talk to you or something. That's a bit. Yeah. So I know I have that obsessive quality. So I don't let myself. I try not to let myself get started with that because I know it could snowball. Hmm. It's like chocolate. And that's not a good thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like chocolate. Like I can still buy two cupcakes and swear I'm only going to eat one today and one tomorrow, knowing that that's not going to happen. Why would you swear that to yourself, though? Because <laughs> I don't want to eat two cupcakes. <laughs> I mean, isn't the whole thing of being an adult, you can, you have can do cupcakes, whatever you, whatever you want. Treat so. yourself. If you don't want, I'm going to put these cupcakes in some beer and drink it. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to eat a cupcake in the shower. No one can fucking yeah, say no one can say no, about right? it. Yeah. I impose these limitations on myself. But why? Why do, why do people do that? You know? Well, why not just live till you die? You know, that's the thing. You could. I guess you could. Do I, I don't want to... 
I don't want to gain Speaking weight. Speaking of cupcakes, <laughs> um, I brought big by Melissa. Oh, wow. Wow, it's that's very nice. That everyone that's can so do. You guys are, now do you, like, do you expect your podcast guests to do this for you? Like, It'd be the right thing to do. Okay. You come to somebody's house, you bring a gift. Uh, yeah. I don't want to name all the names that didn't, but uh, you remember, of course, but that's neither here nor there. No. We were thinking, they're the you know mini cupcakes, yeah. and we were thinking, uh, Chris, you could uh, try them blindfold and see if you can tell the difference <laughs> between the flavors. The yeah, the, I mean, yeah. yeah, well, I was two for four that day all right so it's pretty impressive <laughs> you you i mean there was only six m&m's <laughs> so you're going to hit some but there is no different taste in m&m's I swear i know that that red shell has a flavor now, jeffrey why don't you have one cupcake today and, right? if I can control and then it. another one on thanksgiving <laughs> <laughs> i wish i could you know that i've eaten chocolate and i'm already sick and i watch myself reaching for another piece and I'm, I'm like, you're fucking nauseous already. And it's, it's Why like, would you be nauseous? But chocolate makes me nauseous. It's a blessing. Because otherwise I would just keep eating too much of it. It's not good for you. Is this man. another chocolate thing that Jews can't do? They, yeah, they can't it's handle? Against the, it's against the religion. Because with the milk. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. Always, every milk time meat. someone yeah. says I'm lactose intolerant, I always go, I didn't even know you were Jewish. Yeah. Because there's uh -oh. so many of them that... I don't know what happened. For being the chosen people, the stomachs they got were just well, horrific. The worst. It's nerves, that's I why. I think we were chosen for all the illnesses. Is that right? Yeah, of course. Well, you realized this, right? You have yeah. you stopped dairy, didn't you? Yeah, I I tried to be an atheist so that all the Jewish things stopped happening. <laughs> that would to be me. nice, but it it just doesn't, it doesn't work, work that way. <laughs> it's yeah, in your DNA, man. I said, you know, hey, fuck God, and then I tried eating cheese, but still. A rabbi yeah. was like, once you're Jewish, you're always Jewish. And yeah. I'm just like, I'm not, and so well, drink this milk, and she couldn't, and they went. <laughs> you couldn't do it. We'll see yeah. at uh, the cathedral. What is your spiritual belief now? Uh, I don't know, Alanis Morissette. Nobody. That's nothing. nice. Yeah, that's a nice. One, though. <laughs> Thank you, India. <laughs> <laughs> but nobody, nobody, no Jew lets me be atheist because so. they say you're a Jew. Yeah, because I yeah. look too much like a Jew. You know, uh -huh. you know, unless you get a nose job, you're just a Jew for your whole life. That is true, though. I know a lot of people who are kind of more socially Jewish or tradition, but not so much religiously Jewish. Yeah, but like, do you consider yourself Jewish, Jeffrey? Oh, absolutely. But you but don't I, go but to I, temple, but I consider right? myself. Just for the for the holidays, for the high holidays I do, yeah. which to our non-Jewish friends is not when you get high during the holidays. The oh, high holidays. It's not. It's a, no. It's a, it is yeah. when you're atheist. It's yeah. a, no, but I uh, I consider myself a spiritual being, a higher power. Is you know, it's, it's not the God that you think about <laughs> when you're a kid, like a, a guy on a throne in the sky with a long beard. Exactly what it's Russell Brand was talking about. I wish you were there the other day. Yeah. Oh, he could, he could have been. Just go to the website, theronafezshow.com. It's we right there. A lot of <laughs> I've never even been to it. It's great. I didn't know that we upkept it. There's a schedule, yeah. I yeah. go to the Interabank. I, I used to say I was spiritual, but I don't even know what the hell that means anymore. What does that mean? It means that you believe in a force greater than yourself. If you think that you're running your own life, that's where mental illness comes from. Because then you start blaming yourself when shit goes wrong. You know, or you start living in the thing like I should have done this and I could have done this. You have to understand that there's a path for you. Well, I, I do think I understand that there's no time travel. And I do think no, more people could blame themselves, Jeffrey. <laughs> it, that, well, it it means that you believe in a force greater than yourself that Gravity, is really sure. charging. That's really in charge of your life. See, I I have a lower power that I believe in. <laughs> well, there's and, definitely a lower power for yeah. sure. <laughs> That's the one yeah. that I pray. And to. we run into them in, in after hours clubs, yeah, and things like that. <laughs> a lot of lower powers out there for sure. But um, I believe in a higher power and a force greater than myself. Is there anything you know, ever that's people, your fault? Most people live their lives 
regretting their past. Right. Not most people, but people who suffer with emotional illnesses regret their past. They, they're constantly thinking, I should have done this years ago. I could have done this. What yeah. I should have said, what I could have said. And you have to realize that you never made a mistake in your life. Whatever happened wow. to you was part of your path. Oh, I love that. Oh, I, th- I think pedophiles love well, that. Would you, yeah, would you say that to Charles Manson? I believe what Jeffrey believes. I love this. <laughs> I love this. And kind of, that was not my fault. And boom. <laughs> so what? you don't think there's any mistakes? You feel like you've been... No, I don't think you... Per- no, and eat no, the second I, I, cupcake. I, it's, um, <laughs> Seriously. It's confusing when you ask about somebody like Charles Manson. Obviously, there's evil in the world. Yeah, but it's know? not, but it's his, not fault. his fault. The devil... He was supposed to. Yeah, I guess you have to draw a line. Some things are confusing. No, he wasn't supposed to. I, don't, I just think that there are forces of evil. There are people that will hurt you for no reason. And, and you have to... Be lucky enough not to cross paths with them. You can't say that it's not your fault. It is your fault, and maybe you'll do better in the future, but a lot of things are your fault. Even if you just drop a cupcake on the floor. How do you, how do you, how, how do you find happiness that when you do something, uh, and how are you proud of yourself? What do you mean? You're what proud of yourself. Believe me, Jeffrey. No, how are that? you proud when you do something good because you Meaning, had no control over it? If it's not, if it's not your fault, then it's not no, your doing You can't take credit either. for everything. Well, there's a sense of humility. You can't think. You, you have to assume, okay, you have talent to do what you do, but there's also, you're being guided. There's some luck involved as well. People gravitate towards your show. You get a lot of downloads a month. But, like you wrote, but, but you can't only think that that's coming just from you. But a lot of it's coming from you. When you write your books... You, you're proud of them. You should Absolutely. be because you I'm worked hard of, on them. Yeah, I'm proud of. Uh, you are predisposed to work hard on them. I think. Yeah, but I can't think that it only came from me. I get you. All right, there because there's an there's an element of humility that's important to have. Otherwise, you go around very egotistical, and there's a there's a balance that you have to create for yourself. You know, ego can be a very dangerous thing. And but see, the balance that you're talking about, if you're saying there's no ego. Then no, I didn't say there's no ego. I mean, ego. I'm not there's no ego. There's what no fault egos? and there's no balance. <laughs> egos. Yeah. <laughs> Just one, the and then you put the free. rest away. Let go. The, the gluten-free egos. Yeah. <laughs> gluten-free. <laughs> <laughs> and then sugar-free syrup on top. Exactly. Chris, where are you in your spiritual beliefs? <sighs> I went from badly raised Catholic yeah. to atheist to now I'm agnostic. Hmm. Did he come to you in your dream? Is, are you a confused atheist then? It's, it's You're a non-committal atheist. Yeah, non-committal atheist. What happened to switch you back to atheist to to agnostic? To not knowing, yeah, yeah. There's too much crazy shit going on in the universe for it to not be something. There, what if there is something out there that's? Who yelled me for it? I didn't know. <laughs> Just sitting okay, here. I'm, I switched. I switched my uh, worst plane accident ideas. I'll switch back. I don't know. Who cares? So maybe there is something out there. Who are we to know? I mean, we're only just one planet full of people. But then why would we be making that up? We're one planet full of people that's, you know, we see certain things. And then this, this, this thing was made up so many years ago with no proof. Boom. Yeah. But Good to maybe, have you back. Like, so then no, why, not, not, why not believe in Harry Potter then? Maybe he does. Because I'm, I'm not a Harry Potter fan. But in 2,000 years, somebody will read Harry Potter as if it's like the Bible and decide that that's what we're going to believe in from now on. Maybe- well, I know one thing. I'm still against Slytherin, no matter what comes no. up. Oh, yeah. Fuck Slytherin. Slytherin. Yeah. Yeah, there's nothing but trouble from Harry Potter. Oh. I don't know how. Ask me what I think about Slytherin, Jeffrey. What do you think about fuck, Slytherin? Fuck them. No, fuck no. Slytherin. Fuck them. Oh, okay. <laughs> don't mind saying. Look, I believe in ancient aliens, so it's hard to, you know... Well, you're out there. I do. You don't believe in any I, new aliens? 
Yeah, I think they're here. I actually met people. Like Independence Day? Yeah. Wait, you met aliens? No, no. I met, um, who's that guy who wrote the book? Mork. The Wheels of Enoch. (laughs) Uh, J.J. Hertak. Uh Who's like a double PhD. And he showed me pictures of aliens from Brazil. Like, They're called uh, Brazilians. Brazilians. <laughs> I've met them. They're great. We get their waxes. There was a plane crash. I got to I got to be on a on a, a show. Um, oh, th- this friend of mine was filming him for a TV special. Drop the, the name. people that did the NBC special Mystery of the Sphinx mm. and stuff. And I got to be present for that. This guy was there, and he showed pictures of of aliens. And I believe that they're among us. And he said the good aliens are the ones that save us from nuclear war. The bad ones are the ones that are fomenting wars all over the planet. That makes sense to me. How do I know what's real and what's not? I'm just, I'm open to the concept. It sounds like he's got aliens confused with angels. I don't know. I don't know. Look, you know what? It's arrogant to say that you believe there's a god or or there's no god. How how are you supposed to know? You're just a human being, right? Your, Your comprehension is very limited. So Ouch. it's arrogant to be. You know, what I do wow. the best I can. <laughs> wow. Well, well, that's, well, that's what we all do. So, so it's important to be open to the concept. Hey, it's possible. How do you know it's not possible? It's you know, be- I'm, open, I'm open to it. <clears throat> I'm not because saying because God was made up before we could even look there. That's why I think it's made up. Because sometimes people really do make things up. No, I'm sure they do. And I think that, that maybe it's important to believe in something. What I about know, Zeus? I, I don't know if it's good to go through your life believing in absolutely nothing. I think it's important to have something to lock into in those times when, you know, I think even atheists will be like, oh, my God, or something like that. Yeah, but doesn't even faith, doesn't that, that stop you from growing, though? Once you have faith in something, then you stop looking. Why, why can't you just embrace the mystery? Well, I do embrace the mystery. By saying that, uh, that who am I to know? I'm open to the concept that You're it's Jeffrey possible. Jeffrey fucking Gurian, that's who you are, Jeffrey. No, but yeah. I'm, I'm Jeffrey open to the concept. Gurian. Say I'm Jeffrey. Only because my parents <laughs> named it. me that. Say it. Say it. I'm Jeffrey. <laughs> that, how'd that feel? Yeah. Like God. Weird. Well, you're Jeffrey. Because the only reason I'm Jeffrey is because my parents told me I was. I'm a being, right? You're a being. You're Chemda because your parents told you that's your name. Didn't have to be. Yeah, but we could float out there forever. But we, you know... That's what it says on the birth certificate. You could change your name and we can call you something else. Right, but that and doesn't you would mean just we're be spiritual. the same person. No, that has nothing to do with it. Do you I want to change your name? Absolutely. We can do it right now. No. Let's do it right now. <laughs> I want to call him Pop Pop. Pop Pop, I like this. Yeah. Okay. I could see that. I could, I could work with that. How about Poppy? Poppy for you sure. You want to be Poppy? Poppy? Sure. Poppy, but the Spanish like girls have called you that, haven't Poppy. they? <laughs> what hey, about Chris? Poppy. Hi, Poppy. You don't look like a Chris. No, we got a Chris already. This could be more than one, Chris. How are you guys doing, though? You guys not good, not good still? at all. No, yeah. The whole Russell Brand thing, I'm, I'm pissed. Yeah, squash this thing, Jeffrey. I'm pissed. Yeah, okay. squash it. I mean, Arm wrestle. He brings it up in front of everyone outside the mask, and it's like, oh, why wasn't I at the Russell Brand unmasked? I think I was inside, not outside. I remember I being outside. I remember being outside, Caroline. But even like, I mean, we're new here. And uh, and to even you know Jeffrey brings it up here and to drag us into it right. is kind of hard too. Yeah. It's That's like weird. oh, nice to meet you, Chris. You I mean, know what I mean? Keith yeah, I and the girl weird. are here. It's a lot of nerve. You on can my get part their podcast on iTunes and KeithandTheGirl.com. They're part of the New York Comedy Festival. They're recording live live shows on Thursday, November sixth at Creek in the Cave in Long Island City, and Saturday, November eighth at UCB East. Did it's, you get that information, Jeffrey? And maybe I you'll did. be there because I respect you. I will be there. Absolutely. You know, I was supposed to go to the Creek in the Cave to do um, Big J's podcast. Then I never heard back from him. <laughs> I think they are doing it. It yeah. happened already? Yeah. Yeah. 
Is that the one he's doing with Dan Soder? Yeah. I know it's fun. Soda Shop. Mm-hmm. Dan Soda Shop. Yeah, they're looking for a new name. Why? They got the Soda Shop. That's a great name. Because Jay's name isn't included. He says that he had to explain to his daughter that he's a sidekick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he said that was a very tough explanation. I, this, do, you, do you think that there has, like Ed McMahon ever was ashamed of being a sidekick? No, I'm he just telling fucking you what Jay said. It and just yeah. sit on the couch, and then his other guests move in. Move down the couch. That's what Ed used to do. Like, yeah, well, the, Ed, get up. There's someone more important than you here. Anybody. Yeah. Exactly. And they finally, were... at the end, he was on an end table. He was just like, no, I'm good here. And then you see him on the floor. He's drunk. Yeah, yeah. It, would, it would have never been the Johnny and Ed show, no question. You don't think so? Never, no. But this is different, because Soder and Jay are sharing, they're co-hosting the show oh, yeah, together. But are they both in the room? <laughs> I don't know. Ask Keith. He's an expert on that. Fez, you don't find this odd that our guests find it odd that you won't be in the room? I find it odd, but I find myself odder. So, Are you happier over there? <laughs> Holy shit. Um, no, but... You're not happy? No, but I would I would be just as tense in the other room as well. well what's going on today, Fez? Just, um, I don't know, just panic attacks and... A lot of anxiety. What are you and panicking freaking out? What are you panicking about? Is it the weirdness between Jeffrey and Chris? That doesn't help one bit. I'm just, I'm just bringing it out in the open. It has to be. You want to smoke some weed? See, I think in a lot of people, weed I would actually intensify their panic attack. Oh, because they get paranoid. Yeah. Not me. I start loving everybody. You start to feel way comfortable. So good. Yeah. How about you, Jeffrey? Could you go back to smoking marijuana? Absolutely not. Panic attack for you, right? No, it just never made me feel good. What about you? Chris. Chris I smoke, smoke a lot of weed. Yeah, I mean, right. You're actually day. having that guy send you a bunch, a couple pounds. I don't know what you're talking about. I know that, some guy <laughs> called into the show today. Send, and a lot, you know, since all over the country, there's a lot of growers, and he gets massive amounts of marijuana <laughs> sent here. I mean, down to the point where we're like, dude... You better fucking call car service. You don't want to get on a train with that. You don't want to be on the street with that. I don't remember ever having that How much conversation. Is he you? Just write it down. <laughs> Has been sent or is sending now? Yeah. That's a lot of zeros. Chris, you want to hang out after this? That's a fucking bail. Is that? Oh, that's no. Yeah, no. That's, that's not that, even, that's not an exaggeration. Yeah. Three and a half pounds. Out. What? No. It's, <laughs> this says Jeffrey Gurian on the paper. What is the, what is the huh? point of fucking writing it down if you're going to yell out? I thought it was a game. Who can say it first? <laughs> no, it's three Who can get Chris think, busted by the goddamn cops fastest? I think even in 2014, three and a half pounds moves into felony. <laughs> <laughs> what? what? Uh, three and a half, what? Huh? You know, I, I just started smoking weed a, a few years ago, and we started talking about it, of course, on the show, and now... Anywhere we travel, people greet me with a joint. Yeah, and I think that's the great. It's better than a bouquet of flowers. It's but better you don't than know chocolate. what what they are, though. I mean, you. Yeah, like, I mean, don't at, remind me. At yeah. best, he's giving you. They're giving her something that's going to fuck her up. There's yeah. no way to lose. You know, <laughs> no, but you're getting poison at best and at worst. Well, if it's a dip, you know, or you know. that happens all the time. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you a story. So one time I'm at this fucking show and it was a very weird show. And I looked over and this guy had this huge fucking baggie of coke and I'm like this is suddenly turned into a great night for you. <laughs> so since we're at a show, he's like just fucking, you know, stick your fucking straw in. Boom, I go up for this major fucking blast because I'm figuring, who knows, he might walk off, whatever. <laughs> you know, he's got all this coke. I fucking hit it hard. 
I sit back, and immediately, as soon as the drip hits, I'm like, oh, that feels weird. Mm. That's not Coke. That's PCP. Oh, Mm. my God. And I spend the rest of my night at this weird fucking show. (laughs) I'll just... Dripping on PCP. Yeah. I'll oh, was it find, good? I'll say what the, the the show was. It was Lenny and the Squig Tones. This is how weird things. I was sitting with Lenny and Squiggy while this is happening. <laughs> That's probably you. Probably just think you were. No, I it was wait. Simon and Garfunkel. <laughs> well, Garfunkel doesn't go come into the room. He stays in the other room until he feels better. What was it? Your Coke story? Like you walked in on your roommate and and his girlfriend's tits were out and everyone was doing it off her. Oh, that, this is why we broke up. This, uh, no, there's uh, just just a, a guy friend, and uh, he did coke with his girlfriend. Yeah, she would be naked, just walking around, and we're all supposed to act like it's normal. Yeah, like, did that's, you do that's, a line off? We're of doing drugs. Yeah, line off tits on the off ass. Go ahead, do a line off my girlfriend's tits. And I do because I want to be a friend, but right. But it also makes me feel like he doesn't have a lot invested in her. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. That's a good guess. You're a user. Like she's a piece of glass. It's funny. (laughs) Show him the ass. Look at that ass. But that does make me like her without even meeting her. Yeah, yeah. There's something about her. I feel like she's a a gamer. You know what I mean? She's going to be up for things. I looked her up on Facebook. She's dead. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. That's okay. Oh, did? Like those people who awed yesterday for the stalker. How bizarre was that? It was odd. The Dane Cook yeah. stalker. People felt bad that his stalker died. Well, this uh, girl that they used to do coke off her tits, she was she actually died from razor blade ro- uh, uh, wounds to her nipples. <laughs> she just eventually bled out. That's terrible. Terrible way to go. Yeah. Fez, I wish you were in here. It's so much fun. We're having a great time. <laughs> You even had your head, but he had his headphones <laughs> off. So he just put his headphones on and goes like, what is happening in there? I like it. Yeah. Jeffrey, you do a lot of shows. Are all the hosts normally together, or how does that normally work? In general, the hosts yeah. are usually close to each other. Well, in, no, in close proximity. Howard Stern had Robin in a different uh, oh, really? glass, behind glass for a while. And I really do. Didn't they say it was because of farting? Was a protective no, barrier? <laughs> well, I think he's, he's throwing baloney on, you know, asses, and just, it was just to separate from the debauchery. Mm. Well, see, when they also started the the news person, it was what Robin was. They would be collecting news because you used to do news every uh, hour or so, yeah, like fifteen minutes, you know, because you had traffic's in the sevens back in the days. So every seven after, you had to say. <laughs> What was happening on the bridges and the tunnels? It's twelve seventeen. Where's my traffic? <laughs> yeah, right. Haven't you ever done that coming into the city? Oh yeah, get to the eleven. Ten ten wins. Yeah, yeah. Traffic on the ones. I gotta have it on the ones, and then you get it, and then you're like done. And they basically on ten ten wins. They only need about ten minutes worth of news because they know people are gonna chip back out of that afterwards. It's one of the biggest grossing news stations in the world. Even though you're constantly hearing them through fuzz. Yeah. It's never a clear signal, but you're just desperate to hear the information. It, it's just, and the only information is how long will I have to wait at the tunnel? I'm a, I'm a fan of their typewriter that goes yeah. as they're telling the news. I'm like, they're really working on it. Yeah, case. they're just typing away. <laughs> um, I think news radio is went and used their set like in, and went and looked at it. You know, that was another thing with Dane Cook. He had done a thing based on satellite radio, our place here. And they shot six episodes and then never showed one. I don't know what the fuck happened. What do you mean he did a show? It was he did a show. What a television what a, what a, show? Yeah, it's a television show. Based Jeffrey. on based on uh, the radio? Yeah. I didn't place. know that. I didn't. Well, it never showed. It never aired on TV. Oh. Why do you think that happened? 
because it was too good. Yeah, that's what it was. They thought they were going to make too much money with it. <laughs> we could never spend all this. Why would we put this out? If we do that, all of our other shows are going to look bad. <laughs> now, you, you're looking a little pissy like everyone's making fun of you, but we're not, Jeffrey. No, no I we're didn't We're making know. fun with you. No, I didn't Everybody's know Everybody's on your I side. I wasn't we're making fun of, of Pop Pop. <laughs> not Jeffrey. <laughs> Poppy. Poppy, not Pop Pop. You don't like Pop Pop? I like Poppy. Mm. Okay. Everybody's got their own thing. Like the seed. Um, Jim, Jim, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, how's it going? Uh, you guys were talking about uh, doing blow off some chick, some chick's tits. Yes. And I, I was just curious if Fezzy ever had any little twinks do any tootski, weirdski off of his tits. Well, the gay guys, Fez, isn't the thing to snort coke off each other's balls? Isn't that the... That's a thing, yeah. yeah. It's a ball bump. Chris, you're all too familiar. Mm-hmm. Gay. We, if, if you... That would be difficult off wrinkly balls, no? Yeah, yeah. Well, his aren't wrinkly. They're very small. I don't know how... He irons it. them. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the surgery was. If, if you guys really want Fez in here... The topic of the conversation has to turn to Fez. Okay. So it's normally, will he find someone? Why hasn't he had sex yet? Does it make you gay to ha- if you've never had sex with another man? All those things he'll come okay. screaming in for. Uh, any health stuff, stuff about stents, he'll talk about. But when you go outside the topics, I see the two important topics. You've lost a lot of weight, Fez. Do you feel good? Because I mean it, you look great. Well, what I've lost in body weight, I've made up for in stent weight. Okay. <laughs> 11. It's why he lost right, his 11. weight, is from the heart attacks. Right, right. So when you say to him, you lost weight, which would normally be great. It's not good. It's like you're saying you're dying. But if you see somebody, <laughs> I, I think a lot of people would look at him and go, yeah, I wish. Yeah, I wish I had that wish, problem. You look wish good. I, yeah, I wish I had 11 heart attacks. Yeah. Well, one guy at the Unmasked yesterday said, you look so good, I didn't know it was you. Oh, God. <laughs> so I'm, I guess that's a compliment. And they'll see how he's involved in this. Right. It's we about get, oh, you're him. good. He you're loves good. it. He'll be here for this. <laughs> but anything else comes up and it's, tune out. Huh? It's like Jeffrey hasn't said anything since ancient aliens. He I, thought I, that I, that I, was I, the place I'm he was going to go play. <laughs> well, is your dating life better since the heart attacks? He is, he it's exactly date. the same. It hasn't changed it at all. Oh. He's never dated. So what bother? Are you so? Is it? Did you not have sex because it takes it? It so much time has gone by that you've never had sex. It only makes it scarier and scarier if you're gonna blow it, so to speak. That kind of thing. It definitely builds up. Yeah. Among other things. Because I know, like, uh, we know somebody, like, 25 years old, and uh, they're, they're not having sex. And you can tell they're just more nervous and nervous. You just got to gotta fuck something stupid and, and be back. I think they're just asexual, though. I think Fez is asexual, too, and I think that's fine to be asexual. I say oh, A-plus you know, sexual, Fez. You, that's great. open-minded. <laughs> but, yeah, but yeah, I'm open-minded that way. Well, but, asexuals, they, they, they have to be, you know, smarter, more informed. Like, imagine not worrying about sex, not being concerned, not having that on your mind. Do you miss it, Fez? I know you haven't had it, but do you miss it? Do you feel like you're missing out? I feel, yeah, I feel like there's something that everybody else is in on that I'm not. Right. So in that respect. But otherwise you don't care. Like, you're, you're not like, oh, I got to fuck. Like, I have to, uh, if I'm not, if I don't have sex, I have to masturbate uh, at least a day easily. If a day goes by, do you have to? 
Oh, I masturbate, if that's what you're asking. Yeah, yeah how often? Well, you're really getting personal now. This is what uh, Ron told me to do. He passed me a paper. <laughs> he's, just doing, he's just doing radio. I like the girl better than Keith. <laughs> Uh, speaking of that, I think Hemda has a very interesting relationship. Well, you're really cutting Fez out of this, huh? Oh, <laughs> no, not at all. What is not your at all. I thought Fez didn't want to talk about something, so I'm saying that uh, Lauren, Lauren Hennessy. Is, uh, Lauren Hennessy. Fascinating. We, uh, we are saying. It's so fun if you say, uh, I'm not sure what you mean. I know. Or, I'm, I'm happy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and now I qualify my relationship. We are same sex couple, but Lauren is a dude who's not transitioning. Not transitioning. Not transitioning. Choosing to not transition. So you actually get the bo- best of both worlds. I Yes. No one is making fun of my period every month. Right. Uh, I have a person who was uh, had a female experience all their life, but uh, is uh, male-minded and, you know... I, I really do feel like it's dating both people. Where did you guys? Where did you guys meet? Uh, we were in a musical together. Mm. Yep, in a gypsy play. And I, uh, I've been with people of the same sex before, but it always felt queer, and it never got to feel queer with Lauren. It was always, you know, this amazing, incredible sexual experience, and you know, everything was just melting really, really well. And they're in, they're in bed one time, and oh, yeah. after sex, Hemda <sighs> says to Lauren... Lauren was not out as transgender when, when we met. He actually didn't really know what that meant. Um, he just kind of thought, that there's something wrong, and I don't know what it is. And so... Um, so we just thought, hey, we're in this lesbian relationship for lack of a better word, but it didn't feel however that's supposed to feel. And so we just finished having sex and we're basking in the glory. And I go, you know what? You don't feel like a girl, not sexually, not outside of bed. And then uh, Lauren starts crying and I'm like, who says this? (laughs) While people are in their most (laughs) vulnerable position, I decide to qualify you and to decide what your body parts are and then uh, he goes no i think you see me then he discussed it with a mutual friend of ours who actually took gender studies and she was like you're a dude here's this book and it it opened up the the word and um uh, put put a word to what lauren has been feeling his whole life and the book interesting enough is the bible <laughs> yeah, I was just like leaning in the Bible, and I'm like, okay. Now, but here's the thing: so Lauren's happy with everything the way it is now, right? I mean, it's it's a struggle all the time because yeah. people are very disrespectful, and right. also, you know, they're disrespectful specifically to two girls holding, you know, walking down the street. I didn't know that. Uh, you know, can I get in there? Well, yeah, okay, so that is, that's a pain in the ass. Yeah, well, because... But, you know, it's a pain in the ass for girls to walk down the street in New York. Definitely. You yeah. know? Yeah. But, the, but to also, like, you're you're being talked to a certain way because they see a girl and you know you're a guy, yeah. but you have the body of a girl, so you can only, you can't fight like a guy would. Somebody wouldn't say this to me. Yeah, if you know Keith I mean? and I were walking down the street, no one would say, hey, can right. I get in the middle of that? <laughs> but I know this from City Life, never fuck around with transgender people because they've had to fight a lot right. and mm-hmm. they can fight their ass off. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, we Lauren used, to, we used to bark at people hard, but, yeah. but then, then you're the angry dyke, you know what I mean? Right. And it's just, you're sort of feeding into this thing. So, I mean, I do it by myself also. I yell at people all the time, but I also want to not do that so that it's not the response that you either expect or are like, yeah, okay, so you are bullshit. You know, you are a piece of shit just like I thought you were. So we have to be like extra good, which is really sucky. Who wants to be the better person all the time? Yeah, I don't want to. I want to eat the second cupcake. 
Ah, Lauren told me that she waited till she was seven, waiting for her penis to grow in. And, yeah. then, and, and then she decided not to transition, and now she's got she's got to show my feminine side. But I, she's a fascinating person and yeah. very honest and very open. She thought that her penis was going to grow. Was going to grow in. She told me she would wait until she was seven years old, well, expecting a, it to grow in. As a kid, you don't know. You see, you see uh, what what you feel is is how you feel, right? So imagine if all the males around you. Uh, you could see that they they have this thing, which is which right. everyone's calling a penis, and you're like, oh, I'm just like them. So you figure, at a certain age, your penis grows in, and then it didn't grow in. Instead of instead, boobs grew in, and then you're having a heart attack. Like, wait, why am I not growing like all the rest of the boys? While you're being segregated between like boys on this side, girls on this side, constantly, and then you don't realize that it is because you're transgender because you don't have the internet yet and you don't have all the information and people aren't coming out necessarily as much as they are now it's not in orange is the new black that didn't exist it's not in the yeah. news it's not you know it's just trannies and that's what they're calling them it's just hookers on the street in some eddie murphy movie you know it's it's just a joke it's uh um you know the Ricky Lake show. It's it's people being completely humiliated by you know chicks with dicks and things like that. You're just put into this really shitty category, and to not and he's not transitioning because he already made this. It's there's so many reasons, but one of it is because he is an actor and he's making he's making headway as an actress, and so that's very difficult. And sure. also he doesn't like um, surgeries. I mean, imagine you have no, to so, go uh, just to... I, I talk about this all the time. Uh, you know, that's that's such a gigantic place to make the movement. And I've always said, when it comes to it, why not just try to live with whatever you have? No one's that happy. You know? <laughs> no one's that physically happy. You know? You guys are happy together, right? Yes. We're getting married in February. Yeah. That's... That's an indication, right? Right. That's, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I look on Facebook, though. It doesn't necessarily mean anything. But, you know, when you see these other couples, they, they break up. But uh, I, I see it together. <laughs> Only 60%. Only 60% of marriages end in divorce. But talking about the... Right, yeah. right. But talking about the uh, the surgery, you see these doctors, they can't get faces right. Yeah. No, you know what I mean? So now we're going we're gonna to count on them to be know how to switch genitals? They're, 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 they right. can't do it yet. Yeah, you're right. And look... Uh, Especially look at Joan. Joan goes in to get this one thing done, and yeah. she never mm -hmm. wakes up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and especially they haven't really made penises as as well as vaginas yet. So if you're transitioning into male, you're probably not going to uh, do so, bottom surgery. Yeah, yeah. you're going to get an angry inch. Yeah, best, mm -hmm. best. Yeah. All right, so you guys and are happy, Patrick. Yeah. I love it. Why worry about it? Jeffrey, maybe you'll find somebody someday. I don't you know. never know. <laughs> it could happen. I don't know. Stranger don't things have happened. Players got to play on, you know? Right, Poppy? That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Poppy knows. <laughs> I have one of those, those scratchy things. Yeah, they're great. So Some good. Some people get very annoyed, but this is the only place I have one, and I'm always at home going, I wish I had one here. Annoyed at what? The well, best. You're sitting here, you just waving it around like it's a wand, and you scratch with it. It drives people nuts. Well, you're scratching other people. Yeah, I know, but I'm like, sometimes they seem like they're itching. Are you scratching your balls with it, and then scratching it's, other well, people? You know what? It's just another part of the, you know, of the body. I know it doesn't play into your relationship, but everybody has their own thing. No, I scratch Lauren's balls all the time. Do you really? That's nice. Yeah. I'm a nice person. See, this is what we're. This is what to me the whole thing is about. It's just nice people being doing nice things, like scratching each other's yeah. balls. 
Chris, why don't you read all your plugs? I see you're flopping around with that paper. You're driving me crazy. I got, I got paper. Yeah. Keith and the Girls podcast is available on iTunes and KeithandTheGirl.com. And Keith and the Girl are going to be part of the New York Comedy Festival. They're recording live shows on Thursday, November 6th at Creek in the Cave at 8 p.m. in Long Island City. And Saturday, November 8th at UCB East at 4 p.m. And their Twitter's Keith and the Girl. You know, I have a hard time following, following the New York Comedy Festival. I never know where it is. From one moment oh. to the next. Because it's so many venues, that's why. Yeah. There's no one main venue. It's everywhere. Just remember our show. I am going to come to that. Yeah. Now, you jumping around for that, Jeffrey? Absolutely, yeah. What's the There's big thing that you so want to say? Shows. Stand Up for Heroes is going to be great. You know, that's always something special. Mm. And I'm waiting to get the, you know, the schedule when the big event is. There's going to be some opening event, maybe on the second night. So I'm waiting to hear. But that's going to be. You can look at it. Don't count on Chris to give you the information. Uh, it's you know, that's right. Oh, that's right. Because remember yeah. what happened last time yeah, with yeah, him, yeah, right? Yeah. Oh, that would have been a fun day. Runandfezshow.com. Troublemaker. <laughs> no, he is. Troublemaker. He came up with a good point, though. Because remember, like he never even yeah. told you about that show. You went had a great time at it. About which one? Oh, the Russell Brand. Russell show? Brand. Anytime you see him on yeah. TV, like, oh, we could be best friends. It does seem like when he was talking, you have no idea how many beliefs that you two share. That's yeah, too yeah. good. The higher power talk, all that kind of stuff. Well, if I was supposed to be here, I would have been here. See, that's, that's a great way of saying things. That's a great way of saying things. It's the only things. way I could do it. So, Keith, uh, now you and I learned, Chris mm -hmm. is doing God's work. Mm -hmm. Stopping Jeffrey from having fun. I'm a conduit for God. Yeah. Smoking 20 pounds of weed a week. I mean, this is what? the way he was, he was predisposed to be this person. When's the week coming in exactly what time? So we <laughs> Let's, Why are we even talking about this on the air? The eagle is landing. We're what, dumping out. What time is the eagle landing? Don't know. Don't know my eagle is coming through. <laughs> I had a problem with my blue apron delivery last night. That's bad enough for me. Oh, shit. Yeah, it came late, and then they fucking left it in the lobby of my building. Did anyone screw with it? No, I'm not fucking eating that food. It sat outside all night. Is that the the they deliver your your meals for the day? Yeah, well, no, for a week, and then for you week. cook as like gourmet food that you make yourself. Do you do it? Um, yeah, I love yeah. it. You make it, or you just put it in the oven? No, I make it. I fucking learned to be a chef thanks to these people. Well, wow. like, who's the most famous celebrity chef now? Right now, if you go Lakshmi, I don't know. Huh? Bobby Flay. She Bobby cook. Flay, yeah. yeah. Right, I'm better cooked than Bobby Flay. Oh! This thing. Oh, I'll we got a challenge. Crush Bobby down. Flay, yeah. You know what? He should do a throwdown from me. He should just come running in here one day, and I'll just start chopping. <laughs> but I had this fallout with Blue Apron now. I don't know what I'm going to do. Maybe I'm going to cancel him, Jeffrey. I don't know. Maybe it's not Blue Apron. Maybe it's their, their shipping service. Okay. You know? That's right. still Blue Apron. So you got to yeah. be maybe a DHL? I don't know. What the fuck? I don't know. What all these <laughs> no, no, it's DTF. Okay. I, I don't know. Uh, I don't keep up with you kids. I didn't know what a basic bitch was until today. <laughs> I guess it's a square. That's what I'm trying to. That's what I'm figuring out. A basic bitch. Yeah. Yeah. A basic bitch. I think it's all in the title. There, I cleared it up. Everybody, huh? thank you. Based on, it definitely is. It's very confusing as to what people associate the basic bitch with. I think when you have when you have nothing interesting to say, all you talk about is mundane shit all day long. You're a basic shit. Oops, bitch. You're allowed to say shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm misrepresenting the bitch, though. 
I just heard my phone go off tonight. Yeah, go get it. This is, a, this, is, this is quite a show you guys got here. And you hey, go, folks. You can check out Jeffrey Gurian at ComedyMattersTV.com and subscribe to his YouTube account, YouTube.com slash Gurian News Network, and at Jeffrey Gurian on Twitter. Jeffrey knows everything about comedy, and uh, the site's fantastic. Yeah. Thank you. Was that, is that Blue Apron that Blue just trying to contact you? No. They owe you big time. Fucking that up. Do you know how nervous I get, by the way, listening to this show? And you mentioned, like, oh, I got a call from home. Fuck. And then you don't talk about it again. And I'm like, oh, you're going to be in big trouble. Or somebody's dying. Yeah, well, I've had that happen before. But, uh, yeah, I don't feel that... I mean, I know that it's great that you guys are open about everything. I've never been that way with the listeners. But you but you get us... You give us anxiety, and then you just you just drop it. Yeah, look at you. It's not here for it's not. I'm not. I, I I'm, I'm not here for them. I don't live my life for the listeners. I never have. Now tomorrow I'm actually doing, and I'm not going to even announce what it is. Sure. Uh, my life will. I'm doing a new show tomorrow that I'm doing uh, doing on Opie's channel, and I'm going to share more of myself than I ever have in my entire time working. But I'm actually even thinking about pulling out of that now and not doing it. I say, are you nervous about doing that? No, I'm not nervous. I just think that thing of about well, exposing what do yourself. I care? What do I care? I don't have that need to share for somebody who works in broadcasting. I can easily go. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I just got some horrible news. <laughs> that's none of your business. You keep things very close to the vest. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's and, real close. <laughs> but is that is that? Do you see that as a as a bad thing, Jeffrey? No, I see it as an interesting thing, because you're very open, but there's certain things that you don't discuss. It's and interesting. So it's a choice. It's just a choice. It's what it's your comfort zone. But do you think I'm doing it for a, for a choice, or I just had a wall? No, I myself. think it's the way you were brought up. Yeah. So I'm very accepting of people. Nothing bothers me. If Fez doesn't want to be in the room today, he doesn't have to. You know, if you would have said, "I'm going to take Lauren, and would you help me?" and, and we'll force her to do an operation, I'd have been there with you for that. <laughs> That's how I move. That's why you know, cupcakes. whatever it, comes up. Yeah, it is interesting. He has his unmasked, where he you know gets the dirt out of other people and doesn't want to share so much of himself. There is something interesting. Do you know about how that. many interviews I turned down? Tons. And I, I see that as being odd for somebody who interviews. But see, the difference is, I will set up a safe zone for people. You, you're you comfortable to talk about everything that you want to hear. I don't necessarily trust other people to do that, though. Mm -hmm. uh, like, my dad, if he was going to get in the car with you, he'd go like this, move over, I'll drive. And you know what I mean? You're like, that's the weirdest thing ever. But to him, it made more sense. Then to why would I get in the back seat when I'm obviously the best driver in this fucking car? You know, I don't understand how because I see that 99% of interviews that are done out people come in and do my interviews and they'll go, That was the best one I've ever done. And I go, It's only because everyone else does such shitty ones. You know what I mean? Why well, I, I just feel like talking it, it took me a while it's part of why we called it keith and the girl because mm. keith would share a ton of his stuff online and he would name names and call his ex-girlfriend what was it flapjack banana tits and i'm like maybe i should leave my name out of this so yeah. part of it was the anonymity but then you know the more i started sharing the more it actually felt good and it took the sting out of the bullshit that was happening in my life i just thought it's not it's not that important to me I don't care. It's just like everybody else. And right. so I don't think that there's a question that you could ask me that I would be, I wouldn't answer because I don't really care. Well, well, well we, we can get to a point where we find nothing precious anymore. 
we can say to ourselves, but it's still precious. It would, it, but in the same way, is there anything that just belongs to you in this society that we have now, where everything's supposed to be so open, where we can see nude pictures of people and then forget about it the next day? You know what I mean? So there's all there's a celebrity sex tape, and you go and watch it as if you're right to I do like it. it. Yeah. No, I, I don't like that people that when it's leaked, people go out and see it because that's not fair. They didn't put it out there. That's like you that's know. That's the only time I like it. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of the time, it just seems dull to me. It's the best thing Jennifer Lawrence ever did. Yeah, by far. Yeah. <laughs> Finally, someone's getting around to say she's not a good actress. Although I didn't see, what was the first one she did? I'm going to call it Frozen, but that's the cartoon. Frozen River? No, she didn't do Frozen River, Frozen Chris. River? I don't fucking give a shit who Frozen River is. You're just making up other titles and bringing them in. North Dallas 40? Brian's song? Is that it? Are you giving Sunday? Winner's Bone. That's the one. I didn't see that. I hear. I heard that was remarkable, but I haven't seen her do anything that I consider remarkable. I didn't um, even really know who she was. I don't really. really care. I don't care. You're not a movie person. Are. I don't. I don't want to see a celebrity on screen. I want to see that character. I think we should stop hiring celebrities. Give other people a chance. So I could really see what's going on. on you screen. know how hard it is to find anyone who can act. Most people are terrible fucking actors. Uh, take a look. As as a person who is hiring actors, it is your job to find that person. They're no longer finding actors. They're finding celebrities and a way to get them in the movie. Every t if I see Tom Cruise on a screen, how could you see anything else but Tom Cruise? And he's playing a blue-collar worker yeah, with his on. perfect straight teeth. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Come on. And his shiny shoes. Yeah. He couldn't even like get over it for the character. So all I'm seeing are these famous people. It makes me not want to go to the movies. Well, first of all, the because of the kind of society we have, you can't even be in a movie unless you make the commitment to do to go out and do shows. You know what I mean? Like that, you can't say... The, the last actor who didn't do talk shows, this is how far back we're going, was Jack Nicholson. Everyone has to go out now. Yeah, and, that's, that's and fine. It's part of your job to promote. Okay, it's but not the, like you have to book it yourself. You but, just have to show up places and talk about stuff. But then you're a fucking personality. You're no longer an actor. And you're just saying, we live in a society. Everybody just talks about anything. Oh, by the way, my wife blew me last night. And I did... <laughs> everyone just... There's nothing that's fucking left to... And, and then interviews will go like this. So, when your baby died, did you feel bad that day? <laughs> yeah. We live in this fucking yeah, weird exactly. society with no formality whatsoever true they could lead up better and, yeah. and maybe we don't have to only interview celebrities we could just interview interesting people who want to talk about their baby dying because some people really want that they want for other people to to they want to feel normalized by saying it to a large group of people absolutely who, I, I can understand that them. but there's difference between the safe places like I happen to know that there's secret meetings around town where people can go and talk any way that they want and because they've created a safe environment where people are accepted. But if you're doing it now with the internet and you're going to start getting fucking emails immediately, ha ha, your baby died, you know what I mean? Or whatever. Yes, That's the which fucking happens. society. There's a lot of cruel fucking lunatics out there. Yeah, some fucking jizz bag today was raining. We call them me. lower powers. <laughs> uh, about something. And obviously, this guy knows nothing about radio where he would have done it by now. And yet would feel the need to say, here's what you should be doing. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? I've been doing this for 20-some years. There's no way you could be in a conversation with me about this. But people do it with sports. Oh, you know who the, they should start on Sunday? You know, what, you think you fucking know as much as the coach and general manager? <laughs> 
of the Giants because you watch a game every Sunday, and yet everybody's an expert. We do that all the time. I look at I look around people's kids. I'm like, can't you can't you do something about that? Shut that kid up. You should be better disciplined. Here's what you do: you look at them very sternly, like I'm doing right now. Right. (laughs) That kid shut up. Yeah, we do it all the time. We're judging each other all the time. But you can't do that unless that kid thinks you're going to fuck him up. You know what I mean? Like the stern look doesn't work if it's just a look. Oh, Hendra doesn't back down. You know what? I've, she I've shuts shut, babies up. She yeah. fucks up a lot up. of kids. Yeah. Yeah. I believe in that too. Yeah. She gets people off their phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's By enough. the way, I was walking down the street yesterday and I saw what could have been the most beautiful alert baby I've ever seen. This baby had to be like seven months old, looked like Sweepy from the fucking Popeye movie. <laughs> and as I was talking to the mom, this baby's going like this, looking back Did it and forth. engage you? Like, Isn't that is, interesting yeah. when a baby like, does this that? this is yeah. great. Everybody's yeah. talking. We're having so much yeah. fun. And if I, I had this urge of grabbing that baby and running. <laughs> and running away. Just running it, right? away. And raising it. And like, people are like, do you really want another baby? And I'm like, no. <laughs> I want that, that baby. baby. That yes. fucking baby that I saw on the street. <laughs> Who I now refer to as Sweet Pea. <laughs> I totally have those urges. I want to ask moms, like, can I just, you seem like you're having a hard time. Let me just, let me just hold the baby for yeah, a second. Every, every once in a while, you, you see want a baby? baby? No. Not even? <laughs> Never. Chris, no. what about you? you know what? No, no children. No, 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 no. There's so much to do already. No, thanks. It's very hard. It's very, you know what? In the future, I think if I want a baby, I think I would foster or adopt. I don't want to make any more babies. I don't want my body to go through it. My mother did not get a cavity until she was pregnant with her first baby. Why? Because it depletes everything. Steals from the mother. Yeah, get out of here. It steals. The baby takes your blood. It's like having a vampire inside yes. you. First of all, what's weirder, there's a skeleton inside you right now. There's a skeleton in your stomach. And it's taking your stuff. That's what yeah. they mean by original sin. You're, you're born stealing. <laughs> I never even thought of it yeah. that way. Yeah. Only one person wasn't born without original sin. Do you know who it is, Jeffrey? Jesus. No, not Jesus. No. Who? People think of that. That's a what's well, a go to. It's a common yeah. misconception. Joseph. Uh, no, not it? Joseph. Joseph was just a stepfather. It's right here. It's the Virgin Mary. Oh. She was such a pure vessel that there was no sin. This is the purest human being that there's ever been. The That's Virgin totally Mary. what I said before. Except my for Jane the Virgin. I know blasphemy is fun in your religion. <laughs> I grew up a Catholic kid, but when I was a little kid. I would only pray to the uh, Virgin Mary. Mary. Yeah, I would never pray really? to Jesus or God. And like I thought about it when I got older, and I'm like, yeah, I don't like to ask men for stuff. I would <laughs> rather <laughs> apologize to a woman, ask a woman if I could just do this one thing. But if it's a good man, I'm going to fucking square up and act like an idiot. You know? Do you pray still? Um, I pray like Chris in my own way. You know, I'll pray to get out of trouble with the cops. Right. But my prayer is not. Well, the way I prayed when I was a little kid right. anymore, I would more like prayer for, for everything. Is it more like <laughs> just just hope? Yeah, I hope this doesn't happen. I there's only happens. yeah, I mean there's only really one prayer, if you get to the bottom of it, and that is Thy will be done. That's the only important thing. Mm-hmm. If you're a person of faith at all, What's this? other you're than Catholic that, it's oh wait, no, it's not. He's he's saying, uh, you know, you uh, whatever you want, give me what I would like this, I would like that. But of course, you know what's best, Lord. Yeah. See, I don't, oh, I, see. I don't do that because if I was the Lord, it'd get overwhelming. Just tell me what you want, so I can move the fuck on. But you if know? you, but but if you. 
but even to say I can move the fuck on, that shows how you th- feel I'm like not he, the Lord. Well, or also you're a version of how he feels about us. Like, right. Like we are a bunch of chirping little fucking. He birds. made a lot of us. Way too many. Yeah. But what about they will be done for people who are homeless? I guess this is what God wants. But that would be the thing of whatever it is. For that's the only prayer. Magical, yeah. If there's something, if there is eternal, I would eternal, like your magic life instead of that magic life. Because life wouldn't mean shit if the eternal life was true. If if the eternal life was true, do and you believe you in the said, eternal life? Well, well, there's only one thing to believe in: either eternal life or a finite life. So if you have a finite life of eighty years or whatever, there's no sense in praying anyway. And if it's an eternal life, what does this matter? It's a moment in time, whether you suffered on this planet or not. You know, it, we're talking eternally, eternally. And that. Huh? Makes no sense to me. Sorry about her. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's no, the, the, there's only two ways to look at it, and either way, by the time you get to the end of it, it's like, well, who's, yeah, whatever. It's yeah. no fucking big deal. One way or another, whether you're just here for one life, whether you're here eternally, the only thing that you can do is be grateful for what you got, not ask for other shit. Yes. You know? Homeless. These fucking homeless, first of all, think of some of the good stuff, yeah. you know? The, the, the subway the now there comes with them, and yeah. the freedom you don't yeah. have to be at work so much. They, they do run around a lot, but you, you look at the subway and they have uh, these TV ads and stuff. There's video yeah. everywhere you want to go. People don't judge you. You would if you were homeless, you would have found out about the Russell Brand show. You see what I'm saying? That's Immediately, a, that's yeah. a new path for me. And you know, all the subways are getting Wi-Fi now too, so they got that. And loose, <laughs> yeah. And you're out on the street, you're meeting people, you're interacting, you know. One thing I would do, I would have an act if I'm on the street. I wouldn't just ask for stuff. I'd do a little dance, sing a song, have something. A comedic sign, perhaps. Everyone likes the funny sign. sign. Everyone loves the funny sign. Those signs are hack. Because you see the well, because you see the hacky ones. But like they're like we started. Do we care that there's so many podcasts? No, you have to. You have to assume like in anything, the cream's going to rise. And when you see a good sign, that's true. It makes you drawn to it. People will be drawn to that. I hand over a shoe, a wallet, and a shoe. I I love them. I did see one today that said it's my 21st birthday, and it. It broke my heart, but I had no cash. Who walks around with cash? How are these homeless people making any money? It is a funny sign, though. Yeah, have you noticed how many more younger people you see on the yes. street these days? A lot of younger, and a lot of young girls, too. Yeah, they're sublime fans. You know what I mean? I mean, that's their thing. They're into that kind of music. They go straight for the fucking rust. The white girls with the Rastafarian hair. Mm-hmm. The mummies, I always call them. Yeah, those guys are travelers. Yeah. They always have a dog. Yeah. And they all look the same color of dusty. Yeah, it is. It's just a dusty look about them. Yeah. I have a dog. That's a shitty move to have your dog there. That's definitely to pull in the heartstrings. If you really cared about your dog, well, you'd I saw, give your dog up. I saw a sign that said, my dog eats first. Yeah, that's smart. Yeah. Yeah, huh? it's so smart. Yeah. I, but was it pit into the guy's crotch? Was it supposed to be <laughs> something sexual? Chris, what time's our show over today? Three. Okay, so we ran over a little bit. Oh, we went right? over just a little bit. Remember yeah. what happened last time? You took shit for it. Yes, are we, I are did. we on the air? <laughs> no, we haven't been on the air yet. It's <laughs> <laughs> a long break. Some wrong gets to know you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got let's some talking this. points. All right, let's bring Fez in. And let's, do <laughs> let's start the show. The real show. I never know when we're on the air. <laughs> yeah. Fez, by the way, you didn't want to jump into any of that. It's only when it was Fez talk. Yeah, I wasn't. Uh, I mean, I don't have any um, spirituality, spirituality or belief in God. Amen. Okay. Yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah. 
Keith and the Girl. There's podcasts available on iTunes and KeithandTheGirl.com. And they're part of the New York Comedy Festival. They're recording live shows on Thursday, November 6th at Creek in the Cave at 8 p.m. in Long Island City. And Saturday, November 8th at UCB East at 4 p.m. And we're going to squash this thing between you guys right now? Shake hands. I certainly hope so. I'm not shaking hands over this thing until I get an apology. It was great meeting you guys. Sorry, Chris. Very fun. Thank you. Thanks for having us. And Jeffrey, thanks for bringing us up. I'm here when you... Always a pleasure. Always good to see you guys. Jeffrey, thank you. You're welcome. And I remember when uh, you were on First Game in New York. Been a big fan of the show. And this is fun. Thank you. Thank you so much. Congrats. All right. See you guys later. And that's the end of my show. Dong. You know what you've been doing? You've been listening to the Ron and Fez show. It's now over, but don't worry. You can listen again and again on Sirius XM On Demand. Go to SiriusXM.com slash On Demand. Listen to Ron and Fez whenever you want. Go to SiriusXM.com slash On Demand.